Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live.
Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. All right, show number 512 starts right after a word from my official sponsor, who's back, TruthDevour.com. So glad to get her back on. LiveTrader.net and OfferByYou.com. I began to live within my continuum of potential upon awakening to my own limitations of sight, sound, and altered understanding of everything previously believed to be known. Who am I? Who are you? Are you who you really are? Or who they want you to think you are? Understanding does not by default equate to truth, because perspective will always be a relative state of shifting sands founded on our own limited knowledge at any given point within a spectrum of time. Change is inevitable. Are you ready? Available now, Illuminarium, book one in the upcoming Soliloquies Labyrinth series by award-winning indie author Truth Devour. Truth Devour, www.truthdevour.com. Tired of losing money in the markets by trusting? Or perhaps you simply want to learn how to take control of your financial future? Then look no further than LiveTraders.net. We specialize in helping inexperienced as well as experienced traders and investors successfully navigate the stock market through the use of technical analysis chart reading and proper money management techniques. Why earn 6% a year before fees and expenses when you could potentially earn more than 10 times that by taking control of your financial future? What separates LiveTraders.net from everyone else in the financial industry is that we put our money where our mouth is and trade our own capital live each and every day for our clients to see. For more information, call LiveTraders.net at 714-926-2866 or email us at www.LiveTraders.net. OfferByYou.com, new online marketplace. If you ever try to sell anything on the internet, you know how expensive and complicated it can be. Until now. OfferByYou.com offers easy, secure, and absolutely free online services for sellers and buyers. Make money on OfferByYou.com by selling anything new or used and pay absolutely nothing. On OfferByYou.com, shoppers save 20 to 50%. OfferByYou.com is a market, not an auction. We drive prices down, not up. All right. My thanks to my sponsors, TruthDevour.com, LiveTrader.net, and OfferByYou.com, and that's B-Y-U. Okay. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. And uh, the topic that we're discussing tonight, the title of the show is Your Mouth Makes You Ugly, Part 2. It was initially discussed on July 22nd, but in the middle of the show, something happened. Um, basically, we the, the discussion went into another direction uh, when a caller called in and we started discussing uh, Sandra Bland and, um, you know, police brutality. 
So we were unable to finish the discussion on your mouth being ugly, and I decided to save it for later. Well, later has arrived, and it's time to finish what I started. So the second part of your mouth makes you well makes you ugly will conclude tonight and there's nothing more irritating than someone who can't control their mouth i mean whether it's a nasty attitude taking opportunities to hate on someone or just being plain disrespectful it makes you want to blow a gasket why is it some people don't realize that their mouths make them ugly tonight the show legends and i will talk about how the tongue is the strongest muscle in the body on tonight's show let me go to the phones and uh welcome on a few show legends who have dialed in and let me travel to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. And welcome on my man, Buck. Buck, what's going on, bro? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well, man. How are you? Doing good. Okay. Glad to have you on. I will travel to the 248 area code outside the Motor City of Detroit. And welcome on the author and show legend, Crystal Hickerson. Crystal, what's happening? How you doing, Q? How are you? And hello, Buck. And he's there, trust hello? me. How are you? Oh. Hey, Crystal. <laughs> hey, how are you doing? All right. Glad to have you on. And I will go to the 732 area code, the Garden State of New Jersey, to welcome on... My man, Ray, for some reason his theme music is not playing, but it's all good. You know who he is, the show enforcer. Ray, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, Q, Buck, Chris? How y'all doing tonight? Doing well. Pretty good, hey, Buck. All right. Well, get started. 347-202-0215. Crystal, I'll start with you first. We're going to jump right back into the topic. How do you deal with someone who interrupts you when you're talking, all right? Regardless if you're having a debate or not. It can just be casual conversation or it can be a debate. But, I mean, how do you put up with that? Mm -hmm. Or how do you handle it? Well, um, it depends on the conversation. Uh, Sometimes when people are having a deep conversation, people want to get their opinions out there. So I tend to just let them talk. And then when they're done, and then I will, you know, put my opinion out there. Sometimes I have to jump in, you know, especially if they're going on and on about the same shit. But, um, you know, I like to hear what a person has to say so I can promptly go back and dispute everything they just... <laughs> so you can promptly go back and dispute it. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, Buck, what do you think, man? I mean, how do you deal with someone who interrupts you all the time? If they interrupt me, I interrupt them back because they tell them I wasn't, you know, I wasn't finished with what I was talking about. And you gonna wait? Um, because I mean, if you, I mean now, now if they have a good point, you know, if it's something that you know they may not remember and they want to kind of get that point in and it's relevant, then you know I'll go ahead and let them speak. But you know, if it's something that you know I'm trying to get a point across and then they want to interrupt or something like that, no, I'm not with that. Okay, Ray, what about you? Um, I would say just, um, you know, say, okay, I'm going to let you talk, then I'm going to talk. Or I'm going to let you talk to me, and you tell me what's going on. I mean, because, you know, you have people that feel like they're right about something. Then, if they're not right, 
a lot of times I say, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to let you talk to me, whether it's sports or whatever, or or world topic or, you know, or, talk, or dispute about anything. I'm going to let uh-huh. you say whatever you got to say, and then I'm going to have a rebuttal for everything that you just said. <laughs> I think I, I feel y'all on that. I think it's kind of difficult. I can't stand if I'm if I'm debating someone, it's more understandable than just casual conversation. Now I've been on um, dates before with multiple people, and you're talking, you're conveying a thought, and they just jump right in, and it may not even be about what you're discussing. And man, that is frustrating. I'm like, okay, well, you know, is this how it's going to be? And it makes you think, you know, but. On uh, Facebook, Tiandra chimed in, and she said that she would give them a, a blank stare, followed by an awkward pause, followed by si- uh, silence. So uh, she would just make the, make everything kind of weird, I guess. But I, I just have a problem with some people who, who do that. I mean, so as, as far as first get, dates go, and Ray, I'll stick with you on this, how do you handle a first date when someone is constantly talking you know, and not allowing you a chance to talk, you know, whether it's about themselves or whatever, they just constantly talk. Well, it all depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about, you know, something that we can talk about together, it is not too much of a problem. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about, you know, which females like to do, you know, particularly when they think they're important, like they got their own business or something, all they want to do is talk and answer the cell phone, and I got to check my laptop, and I got to do this because you know I'm about my money. I'm about my money. You know how women all think they make a little change. So, you know, you don't, you don't want to hear that. You know, you come to have a date, and people don't understand that money can't buy you happiness. And a lot of females don't understand that. When they get to doing a little well for themselves, they want to talk about themselves, talk about themselves. It's okay to talk, but, you know, hey, how about you tell me a little bit about yourself? Because you can't dominate the conversation with everything about you, you know what I mean? And it's all, you know, you just patting yourself on the back, patting yourself on the back. See, to me, that's irritating. You know what I mean? And, you know, just everything that you say, you know, I'm about this, I'm about that. You know, I have this money. I got to make money. I can't be sitting still. I got to do this, got to do that. You know, now I come to chill and to relax. You know what I mean? And then when they look and you find out, okay, well, you got your own ticket. You ain't somebody that, you know, you got to take care of them guys you used to take it out of something, then it's a problem. Okay. <laughs> right, you were going off on that one, man. Crystal, I'll let you follow that. Crystal. All right, so the the question was the question was is there a talking during your date or Yeah, how do you handle a first date when the person's constantly talking and you can't get a word in edgewise? Well, I tune them out and realize this is, this will be our last date, you know, because I don't like that. I don't like a person who talks all the time and just talks and talks and talks. I can't stand that, you know, especially a guy. I mean, I, I expect chicks to do that because that's what women do sometimes. But for um, but for a man, no, 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 no. 
I don't like a man to talk a lot. I like the strong, silent type. Oh, that does when make a difference it, when it's coming from a guy, huh? Yeah, it does. I mean, I don't. I mean, I like a guy who has something to say, of course. But um, just from my experiences with the guys who do tend to talk a lot, it seems like they only want to talk about themselves, which is usually pretty boring. So I tune that out, and I just know that this is the last date. You know, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But. Biggity, biggity, buck. Sorry about that. I was on mute. Um, well, you know, for me, you know, it depends. I mean, it depends on the situation. Um, you know, the person has a lot of, you know, a lot to say, and they're not too, you know, sometimes you can listen to somebody and they're not into themselves. They're just genuine, and, you know, they have, they have, you actually have interesting conversation, and if they, you know, happen to take over the conversation, it's not that big a deal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like I said, it depends on the situation. Now, if they're just talking about a bunch of bunch of garbage and it really doesn't have anything to do with, you know, that's relevant, then kind of, you know, I take kind of take the crystal approach with it and say you know, this will be the last date with this rascal here because, you know, she, ain't, you know, she's not playing with a full deck or something. So, um, you know, but it depends on what, you know, it could have been something that, you know, could have happened to her and it, it was actually, you know, pretty decent versus being something negative. So it just depends on, you know, the situation. Okay. I, um, I don't know. I don't like it when I I was, matter of fact, I was, um, messaging Crystal via Facebook. Well, that was just over the weekend, I think. And there was this young lady who her and I were having a conversation. Well, we weren't really having a conversation. We were on the phone. And I think she had talked (laughs) for like 12 minutes you know, really without me saying anything other than uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was, like, you know, messaging Crystal about it. And, I, I mean, some people just keep going, you know. And um, I it's hope one not thing listening. To, uh, right. <laughs> and, uh, well, I don't know if it helps my situation by saying she wasn't the only woman I talked to this weekend. But, I mean, but... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've talked too much. Mm-hmm. No, but um, I just think that uh, for the Boy. most part, you know, there are situations where the conversation is interesting and maybe they're just telling you a story or something and you're really kind of into it. But some people don't have an idea when you're not into what they're saying. They can't really tell that you're bored. Um, and that's just something I feel like people need to, to be able to try to check out. You got to know when someone's bored and know when they're not feeling what you're saying or maybe they want to try to get something in. But as far as another way uh, your mouth can get you in trouble, and Crystal, I'll go back to you. Uh, Gossip. Gossip really starts just mess, okay? You got some people Mm -hmm. who have nothing better to do than to be petty labelle and just be messy about something, (laughs) you know? So why do some people just feel compelled to tell you other folks' business? Because it's fun. <laughs> it takes the um it takes the pressure off of you or your life because you know I mean I mean some of those lives are aren't that great or you know or it's the really you know pressurized or whatever so you want to talk about somebody else and and you know that it makes you feel like well hell I'm not that bad <laughs> at least my man ain't cheating on me <laughs> or you know whatever I mean so 
it makes you, you know, it's just, just like watching TV. It's entertainment, you know, and that's why we like watching, you know, the reality TV shows because it's, you know, it's like real people, quote unquote, um, who we literally get to watch their gossip in action and we get to talk about it and stuff like that. So, so yeah, that's why it's, it's cause it's fun and it takes um, the focus off of our lives for a little bit, you know, it's a distraction. It was very good distraction. Well, sometimes Are you saying good, you're a gossiper? I mean, sometimes, yeah. I mean, if it's interesting, I want to know what's going on. Like, did you hear about? I mean, because some gossip is—I mean, gossip <laughs> itself is just—is talking about other people's business. Okay, number one. Yeah. And yeah. so it can be good business or it could be bad business. That's why I like doing, um, like, even my blogs, the celebrity, you know, gossip because that's all it is—it's just gossip about their lives, and it's—and it's, you know, it, that's why people look at that. That's why you know these shows work and that's why you have gossip columns work and you know paparazzi will never go out of business because people want to see this kind of shit they want to see people in their raw element to say well hey i'm not doing too bad i'm not so bad or whatever you know um so that's why people do it so yeah i I gossip sometimes you know why not all right ray what do you feel about gossip man Oh man, I, I I don't really get into it. You know what I mean? I, it's it's a difference between telling the truth and gossip. Gossip is just you know a bunch of talking, a bunch of hating, a bunch of you know part of it's true, the rest of it's just uh you know just entertainment. You know that Wendy Williams shit. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you know every everything you say is just hating. You know pretty much or you know, trying to say something to to put another person down. I just don't really believe in that. You know, if something is true, I'm going to talk about it. And anything I can say once, I can say it twice. I didn't make up no lie. I told it like it was. If you were ashamed of it, you should have stopped doing it. <laughs> and, Buck, um, how do you handle someone who gossips? I mean, you know, you're maybe you're at work and it's someone who's saying stuff about, you know, it could be you or maybe a friend of yours or how do you confront that? Well, the person that's spreading that gossip, I'm going to just tell them, I said, I don't know, if, you know, I, I, I don't think that's true. And I'd rather hear that from the person that you're talking about versus you because you may not know what the situation is. Um, I try to nip, nip it in the bud because, you know, a lot of times, People say certain things about certain people because they they're assuming an assumption that the mother of all fuck up. So don't assume. So you know. <laughs> I like that. You like that, don't you? Yeah, that's pretty good. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a Southism. That's not an Eminemism. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, you know, it's just best to go ahead and squash it. So therefore, you know. You know, it doesn't get out there because we know how things, you know, we know how things get spread these days. And, you know, any time that I hear something from, you know, that somebody else said, and, you know, if I plan on saying anything about it, I'll just say, hey, this person said this. I don't know how true this is. However, this is what I heard. And I don't want you to take it, take my word for it. I'd rather you go to the person that they're talking about and let you find out from them. Therefore, you you know, you squash any kind of, 
you can't say, hey, you know, fuck said this. Nope. But did not say that. You know what I said. So, can't go from there. Huh? All right. Well, I mean, so, Ray, when it comes to dealing with people who like to gossip, um, I mean, of course, I, I think what, what Buck said makes sense. You have some people who don't buy into it and they're like, you know what, I want to hear from the the actual person or I just I'm not gonna you know, play a role in that. But don't you think the average person does want to hear gossip? I mean and and I'll be honest with you, there are some stories that are just intriguing and I'm not saying you may not believe it, but you still want to hear what's going on. I mean, isn't that what the average person does? Well, gossip is definitely popular. That's why you see Wendy Williams on and all these chicks got shows with, you know, the view and uh talk and you know, the real and stuff like that. All that's based on gossip. So it's definitely an audience is definitely a market for gossip. It just depends on what kind of person you are, what type of entertainment you go for and you know, or in real life, you know, do you like to always be in some mess or do you like to kind of stay to yourself? If you like to be in some mess, then you gossip in all the time. And somebody mm-hmm. you'll face every week saying, what did you say? I didn't say that. I said this. You know, and lie that nonsense. So, you know, that's what's going to go on all the time when it comes to gossip. My thing is, don't do it, man. You know, leave the entertainment up to the entertainers and people that want to gossip, let them gossip, but stay out of that because, you know, gossip can get you in a lot of trouble. Okay. And, Crystal, how do you handle someone who gossips? I mean, I know you said it can be interesting, it can be fun, but if it's something that's about you and you find out, what's your recourse? Especially if it's not true. Well, people are going to say what they want to say, you know, and I don't really care, quite frankly. The only time it affects me is if it, um, you know, like it ends up affecting like a job situation or, you know, something like that, or, you know, it hurts someone who's close to me and I know it's not true. Other than that, I don't care. I mean, because people are going to talk. I mean, let them talk. I hope they had a good afternoon laughing about my life or whatever they saw. And... <laughs> You know, because I know if I was a celebrity that I would be in the tabloids all the time about all kinds of bullshit because that's just, you know, yeah. whatever. But I, don't, but I don't care. You know, so, I mean, as long as it doesn't hurt the people that I care about and that you're not deliberately just saying stuff in order to affect my life in a direct way, I don't really care. I mean, I Okay. All right. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number on the Talk to Q Radio show. Take a quick break and we'll come right back with the second half of some topics and I'll bring on a couple of more callers. Hi, everyone. Did you know that the batteries we throw away are only about 20% depleted? If we lined up all the batteries we throw away in one year, we could build a bridge to the moon, wrap around the moon twice, and then build another bridge back to Earth. Let's cut down on unnecessary battery waste with Batterizer. Batterizer is a reusable micro-thin sleeve that extends the life of your batteries. Just slip it on over your batteries. Guaranteed to increase battery life by at least two times. Because two is better than one. 
All right. And we're back. And let me go to the phones and um, bring on a couple more people who have called in. To the 910 area code, making his way through Big Springs, Texas. Bring on my man that plays the doctor on the radio, Dr. Bobby Willis. What's going on, man? What's going on to you, Crystal Ray Buck, and whoever else is on right now that I may have missed? All right, all right. What's happening with you? Let me also go to the 865 area code. Which I believe is in the what uh, volunteer state is that what it's called of Tennessee? And welcome yes, on Daddy Rich. What's going on, bro? Man, hanging out, man. You know the usual. Go ahead and say it for me, Crystal. <laughs> you, are you there, Crystal? She's there. I don't know what she's doing. I'm sorry. I'm on and off. <laughs> go on and okay. tell them what I'm doing. What What am I doing, Crystal? You drinking and smoking, baby. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back into it. And let's see, Doctor Willis. I'll start with you, man. When it comes, you know, how people's mouths can get them in trouble. Complaining about your spouse or your mate can lead to trouble. Uh, why is it important to never complain publicly about your significant other? Well, first of all, um, it's a bad idea because people that, that take your side, um, if you and you and sniff you know, to get back together or y'all make things better, you know, he's going or she's going to have problems with people that took your side, and that could be your family or whatever the case may be. That's a very so they're, good they're point. Gonna, they're going to have a problem now. And then for, you know, um, the, on the other side of that, whereas um, that were, you know, taking – his side, then, you know, you know, it's going to be a problem with the person who is complaining. So, I mean, you, you need to keep that to yourself, you know. Uh, and then also, it, it also drives people, you know, it, it, it builds up curiosity with the people of the opposite sex. So, let's say, for instance, if some females out there complaining about me, guess what, though? She may be peeking interest to some other chick, you know what I'm saying, with what she's saying, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, it may not necessarily be what she, it may not be coming out the way she think it is. It may be uh, uh, driving into it. So now people are checking for me, you know, and that can, and it can backfire that way also. Okay. Daddy Rich, what do you think, man? How is complaining about your spouse um, trouble in some instances? you agree with Dr. Willis? Da- Daddy Rich? All right, he might have had too much to drink and smoke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to you, Buck. <laughs> too much. Uh, repeat the question. I was too busy laughing. What you just I said, said about Daddy Rich. Uh, I said, how are you complaining about your spouse or your mate lead to trouble? Well, if you complain about them, um, it could lead to trouble because it could lead to, you know, separation or something like that. But it could also be, you know, it could be something that, uh, you know, they could be doing to, you know, have you talking about them. And if that's the case, you know, that could also lead down that same road. So it just depends on what they're saying. Um, but, you know, ultimately you're supposed to back up who you're you with, you know, regardless to whether it's your wife or husband or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. But if they're doing something that, uh, 
that's warranted you talking about them, then, you know, that's entirely different. You think it's cool, it's okay to, to talk about it if it's warranted, is what you're saying? If it's warranted, yep. Crystal, you agree? Absolutely. <laughs> she, she's gone off again. I'm back. <laughs> do you do you agree, Daddy Rich, that if uh, if if it's warranted, it's okay to talk publicly about your significant other? No, I I look at my significant other as extended family, and uh, I will not tell anyone about my family situations. And I feel that you should treat your spouse or significant other the same way. Uh, give them the same respect. Uh, because initially it comes back on you. Uh, you'll be telling your own dirt because basically if you you do that, you're you're telling stuff that you're accepting. So uh, really, you just need to keep that to yourself and deal with it within you know with that person. Okay, and um, I, I I agree. I think that um, once you put it out there, and I and I thought Dr. Willis made a very good point that once you put it out there and your friends and family um, start feeling a certain way about the person because you told all the person's business about how, you know, you, they cheated on you or whatever, then for whatever reason y'all get back together, then all of a sudden your friends and family don't like the person, and that's just another problem for everyone to deal with. So I do think you have to kind of keep things a little under wraps, maybe save it for maybe your best friend or whoever it is you confide in and just try not to let everyone know what's going on, because if you do, then it can definitely come back to bite you. But another thing that people do, and uh, this is something that I'm pretty sure we've all seen, and Ray, I'll go to you on this. I mean, what if it's not your significant other you're upset with, Ray? What is if, if it's your boss? Your boss pisses you off. What's the best way to handle that? I mean, do you do that verbally? Do you do it via email, or do you just let it go? Well, I mean, you can um, request to sit down or something like that. I don't think that you should gossip because you have a lot of people that, particularly us, we like to try to crab in the barrel type of thing. Yeah, fuck Mr. So-and-so. This, that, and the, oh, oh, man, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I know, don't get me involved in that. You know, oh, man, you, you act like you shut up. Shit, you gotta respect them. You know what I'm saying? These bad guys up here call my fucking CEO in the hood. Yo, wait a minute. You know, so, nah, I don't think you handle it like that. I think it's more so either you keep it to yourself or you have a what you call online conversation and an offline conversation. And people I try to talk to about that don't understand the difference. You don't raise your hand and ask a question in the damn conference with 300 people in there on a question that you know he can't answer. You uh-huh. know, that's throwing your balls under the bus. But you have some people that, you know, you know, that to try that. But I don't think that's the right approach. I think either you should pull them to the side or either keep it to yourself or you just kindly bring up whatever your uh, issues are. Okay, Crystal, are you there? Crystal. Okay. And You're getting a refill on tequila. 
Right. Hello? Doctor- I'm here. God, I've been saying hello for the longest. <laughs> hey. Uh, Crystal, how do you handle it when you're um, upset with your boss? I mean, do you handle it uh, verbally? Do you write an email? Do you let it go? All of the above. How do you how do you deal with that? Um, what you do is you go, you know you go back into your office or wherever you you sit, and you deal with it, and then you go home, and then you can talk about it to your man or to the walls. I mean, but I mean, you don't go off. I mean, you have to be tactful about it. I mean, if it's a serious situation, then there's, of course, there's always HR. But, you know, if it's really just about your performance or it's about just their attitude, mm-hmm. I found the best thing to do is, you know, not to deal with it unless it's a, a grievance situation that, you know, has to involve something like HR. But other than that, and you deal with that shit and you go on with your life. You know, you want to talk about something, definitely don't talk to the coworkers about it. Don't start mouthing off to them about how Bad time horrible your boss is. Right. Or if your coworkers are doing it and then they just ha- so happen to be talking to you, the best thing to do is go, hmm, okay. And then just keep going. Don't say anything because I guarantee mm-hmm. you it will be used against you later. Even the, your bestest friend at work, it still could be used against you because you never know who's listening. Someone is always listening. You know, even if you don't see them, they're always there. So um, I would say, yeah, you talk about it at home, you know, but keep that shit to yourself, you know, at work and deal with it. Go in the bathroom, take a bath break, um, smoke break, whatever you got to do, and deal with that shit and and keep it moving. Okay. Unless you own the place, since you don't. So you right. know, there it is. Right. And so, I mean, but... Uh, Daddy Rich, I, I mean, it's it's your boss, true enough. You don't want to lose your job, but you can't just let someone talk to you any kind of way, can you? No, but you you have to do things in a professional manner in that that situation. You can't go street on them, you know. If 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 it's a a, a person in the street that you're dealing with, yeah, you you can you can express yourself, but with this person, you have to go about it as his business because you got to first think that's where you're getting your money, you know, and you yeah. don't want to mess that up no matter what. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. So you got to, just like Crystal said, you got to have a tactical way of going about this. You can't just go in, you want me, I'm going to kick your mom. You don't do this now. You know, you can't do that. You got to really figure out in your mind how to convey it. It's just like a teacher, you know, conveying the, the lesson to the students, you have to figure out how to convey it to this person, how to deliver it to them, how they'll accept it the best, how they'll receive it the best, because you want them to be comfortable with what you're saying and also for them to really listen to you so that you get value out of what you're saying and not just blowing hot air, you know. Okay. I think you make a good point there, and that's a good way of looking at it. And it is, it's, it can be aggravating, but you still have to have a certain approach, and I always think that people should, uh, you know, like Crystal said, you know, if you have to take a break or two, try to get calmed down so you can approach it, approach it with a rational head. And but all right, Doctor Willis, what if it's a? Well, I'm sorry, let me go to Ray. Ray, what if it's a situation where it's a coworker and not your boss? This is someone on your level. 
Does that change anything? Uh, no, because um, the way it happens is if, if you are the male or if you are the bigger person or if you're the black person or you're the blacker person, <laughs> you're going to have to sit the black with it's just like this. I don't care if somebody curses me out. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do everything I'm supposed to do because if you react, oh, I thought he was going to kill her. I thought he was going to choke her. I thought he was going to beat him up. I thought he was going to do this. I mean, it, 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 it can go absolutely nuts. So whatever happens, you know, I had a situation where a person was standing over me and this guy say, I threatened him. And I said, oh, my goodness. You know, you guys got a videotape. Please look at it. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things where no matter what happens, you just do everything you're supposed to do. Now people around see this person cursing or getting out of hand or whatever. I don't, don't ever let nobody put their hands on you under no circumstances. But if they talk it, let them talk. You tell your side, and that's all you can do. Now, maybe you can see them somewhere else and resume it later. Maybe a grocery <laughs> store, a restaurant, or whatever, you can resume it later. But yeah, in the job, absolutely, absolutely not. I don't that's care what they call you a, a racial slur or whatever. Everybody heard it. You take it down to human resources. They don't need you acting like a fool because if you break somebody's jaw because they call you a nigger, you still going to jail. Dr. Willis, what do you think? Uh, what was the question again? And um, I, I, regarding a, a situation where it's your coworker and not your boss that pisses you off at work, someone on your, your equal level, I guess, from a job right. perspective, does that change anything? As far as your, nah, your I mean, approach, not with me. I mean, I, you know, thinking objectively, I think it does change things because uh, most people feel like, okay, you're on my level, so what gives you the right to talk to me a certain way? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, so I think objectively and um, consistently across the spectrum, I think that it does change things. But with me, uh, myself, I uh, it, it doesn't bother me because I mean, I'm, I'm very, very slow to get mad at anybody. Uh, I mean, you you really gotta probably put your hands on me to, uh, to you know, to get me to that point. Even then, you probably won't make me mad. I probably just whoop your ass on GP, you know, just to let you know, hey, look, you know, you don't want to go down like that. But not, and I wouldn't even be mad. I mean, I you know, I whoop your ass and help you up and shake your hand and say nice try and walk off something. But you know, I mean, I'm real slow to get mad. I don't be mad about a lot. So with me, it wouldn't be that way. But I think overall, though, and objectively speaking, I think it does change because. You know, we're conditioned. We're conditioned to uh, respect authority, and because of that conditioning, we we have a subconscious. Um, we got a subconscious uh, uh, despise for that. So when somebody on our level comes trying that shit, then you know, hey, it's on and popping this, and then mm-hmm. we we flip we flip the script. So I think I think uh, from an objective standpoint, I think I think it does matter. Okay. And does anyone think that it's okay to put a hand put hands on a uh, well not necessarily put hands on a coworker but you know if you have to 
really let them have it verbally or whatever. Anybody think it's okay to do it? I'll, I'll tell somebody in a heartbeat. Uh, and I do it in a tactful way. So, I mean, I think, I, you know, hey, it is what it is. Hey, but, but the thing is, I thought the question more so was if you felt like your boss did something that you didn't like, not them talking to you crazy or saying something to you that's way out of bounds. That, right, that's I, I, different. Okay, well, what's your opinion on that? I mean, then you definitely have to have a conversation, you know, and sit down and say, excuse me, I'd like to talk to you for a minute. And if you bring up the points correctly, anybody with common sense can understand where you're coming from. So, mm-hmm. you know, but you got to remember who has the power. You can't be talking like you're on the street or something. So, you know, I think you can get it a pretty good understanding. But, you know, as much as you may want to, you, you can't put your hands on anybody in the workplace because, you know, we I, we have situations where people that put a restraining order on somebody, somebody put a restraining order on you, can't come to work. So essentially, you done. You understand? Yeah. So, oh, I'm afraid of this, and you can't come within 100 feet and all that. Okay, well, you both can't work on the same same time because we gotta respect this trait of restraining order, so you can't win. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think uh, I've seen crazy things happen, of course, and I've seen people. I've actually seen a fist fight at work um, before when I used to work at uh, AT and T back in the day, and these two people. <laughs> came to blows and ironically um that's that's how I got the career that I winded up having um through that person getting fired I actually replaced that person but I mean it's funny how that happens but it's just that I just don't think it should get to that point to where people are doing that on the job I mean like Ray said if it's something you got to handle later then that's one thing because sometimes you got to put hands on folks Sometimes people just make you want to fight them. And so when it comes to things like that, I I mean, don't ruin your livelihood behind it. Don't be homeless and sitting in the dark or whatever the situation may be, getting your car repoed because someone got under your skin. And sometimes if you have to wait for a while before you can um, respond, where you got to go somewhere and chill or maybe you need to write it all down before you actually say it, whatever it takes. Just don't be that person on, to blow your job. Like, and like Ray said, especially if you're the black girl of the two. <laughs> that was funny, but it's so true. It is so true. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Size, size and color does make a difference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, you five feet tall, 150 pounds? Well, you can be standing all on top of the table. And nobody's going to say, well, you got out of hand. But you raise your foot, hold up, wait a minute, I'm talking. Oh, well, I thought he was going to do this, I thought he was going to do that. Mm-mm. Well, you got to, the heavier you are, the lighter you got to be talking. <laughs> what? I, I feel you on that. <laughs> 
that's nice. <laughs> Crystal, um, I haven't got my question. Oh, Crystal, uh, why is it that, okay, a lot of us will restrain ourselves at work, all right, because we know we could lose our job. But we just let our tongue fly when we're at home, when we're with our significant other, when we're with our kids. We feel like we can snap on them. I mean, but and they're the ones who actually probably love us. So why do you think that is? Why are the priorities kind of appear backwards on that? Well, for the obvious reason, because um, we they love us. And um, in the back of our minds, we unconsciously know that they're not going to leave and that the um, conditions of us being with them is different than the conditions of, let's say, a friend or a coworker, you know, because, you know, they love us. They know that we're crazy. They know that we snap off because, I mean, I have had plenty of situations where, you know, I want to strangle my kids, especially my daughter, but I don't, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and she's gotten better over the years. But, um, but you know, I don't because, well, she's my child. I'm not going to kill her. But I want to, you know, but I don't. So it's the same thing with your mate or you know, your your mom or dad, what, whoever, your people you really care about, even your best friend. I mean, you, you know, you're like, well, I know that's how that nigga is. You know, that's, that's how he get when he get when he's been drinking, you know. So <laughs> I'm going to let him cool off, and then that'll mm-hmm. be the end of it, and you can come back to it. Because we know that they're going to be there for us. It's different uh, with people who don't give a shit about us, and then we don't give a shit about them, or they don't really, they're not really a part of our lives. So... So unfortunately, they, uh, the people who love us, do take the brunt of a lot of our pain and anguish and frustrations uh, because of that. Because you know, we feel that we should be able to 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 be there for them. They should understand, you know. And sometimes I've had it where surprisingly, you know, a person was able to understand that I was just frustrated, and they were able to diffuse the situation because they knew you know, what I was going through or what I was feeling at that moment. So, and and as someone who loves you, maybe they sh- they should know that, you know. They should know, okay, well, I know what's going on with them. I know, you know, what's hurting them or whatever. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm just going to let them get it out. Because a lot of times that's all they need to do is just get it out. So, but, yeah, unfortunately okay. we're, we're the brunt of it, yeah. All right, now, now Daddy Rich, I, I think – Crystal's answer was a completely honest answer, and I, I totally understand her perspective. But is it right to, you know, kind of take a chill PO of people on the job, you know, because you're more interested in protecting your check than, you know, the interested in keeping the people that love you happy at home? Well, I'll say this. If it is a kid, it's a difference Uh, as far as age. If the kid's young, you know, a young kid, you have to watch how you come at them, you know, of course. Uh, An older kid, a teenager or something, you know, you can come a little bit different, you know. And then, of course, a kid that's in his 20s or grown, you're going to talk to him like uh, an adult. But, you know, you have to watch 
with your family members and things like that, you have to watch. Again, you have to watch uh, how to deliver to to each one differently. Because, like in my household, I've got a seven year old and I've got a twelve year old. So, of course, with the twelve year old, you have to come a little different because it's a girl. So she's going through all that stuff, you know, tits and period and all that crap, pimples and all that <laughs> stuff, you know. <laughs> Little boys and all that, you know, so it's crazy mm-hmm. with her. So you have to go with her different because her emotions right now are totally different. So you have to watch what you say. So you have to sit there and think about it before you come at her because you may have something drastic. And then with the seven-year-old, it's a boy. He's wild. You know what I'm saying? He's just he's a, a spark plug every damn where, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, but. Most things don't phase him. He's a boy. He, you know, you tell him something, he's like, uh-huh, all right, whatever. So you got to, you know, you come a little different. Hey, man, slow down. You know, but basically, you know, I'm the type of person that I try to take uh, a tactical way at everything when I'm mad at someone because I really don't want it to come down to uh, a bad situation. So I try to make everything a good situation for both sides so – that I win. So basically what I try to play is a psychological warfare with you to win the fight. So I get what I want without you even realizing that I'm getting that, you know, and, right. and you know, with my family, that's, that's the way it is, man. You have to do that because each one, just like I say with my significant other, I have to come in her a different way because she, you know, she'll come at me, you know, so I have to back off a little bit and, you know, and, and try to, understand where she's coming from, you know, and and see what why this is going on. You I have to look into, I have to investigate things <laughs> per se. You know. Okay. All right. <laughs> well uh I don't know. Doc, Dr. Willis, have I gotten your opinion on this? Uh, no, I mean because right we we were we were like, you know, Take the high road at work, but when it's someone mm-hmm. at home, someone we're supposed to love, we just give them the business. <laughs> well, not so much with me. I know, like, uh, I had a situation this, um, and I don't know if it's along the same line, so just correct me if I'm getting off topic here, but, like, with my kids, I had my kids down here for the summer, right? And, uh, <laughs> like, one of my girls, you know, my 11-year-old, she had puberty before my 12-year-old. And so... You know, man, I tell you, just like uh, <laughs> what uh, what my man was just talking about, man, uh, it, it's crazy. You have to, you have to watch how you talk because, man, I tell you, they they both dealing with some emotions right now. And my eleven year old was like, you know, said something to my 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 twelve year old, like, you know, you ain't got no um, breasts or something like that or tits or whatever she said. So I had to pull oh, aside and I went, oh yeah, I know, trust me. And that killed my twelve year old, man. I tell my man, so I had to <laughs> I had to deal with that. And uh, I wanted to go off on <laughs> but I, I had to, you know, restrain myself and let her know, hey, look, that's not nice to say, and here's why. And then I had to call my 12-year-old to the side and be like, hey, you know, our body changes at different rates and things like that. And just, I mean, man, I tell you, it was, it was a big mess. So, so yeah, you have to, you have to, uh, you have to really uh, uh, train yourself to to handle a situation at home just as much as you do, you know, at, at work. Okay. And, yeah, I would say more power to you, man, as a man dealing with that. But um, I, I I just, 
I think it's unfair when people do that. But like Crystal said, I I agree with her mindset 100 percent. What she's saying is absolutely the reason why people do it. Because they feel like they can get away with it at home. You know, where are you going to go? You're a kid. You definitely can't go nowhere. You're going to run away. You know, <laughs> but, and if you're a significant other, are you going to go through the trouble of, you know, getting a divorce because of whatever? I mean, no one's expecting you to leave. And I think that's why some people do what they do. But by the same token, I just don't think that is right. You know, that people need to really think about what they're doing and how they're hurting people at home. Because, you know, well, the, the people at home expect me to be crazy, but the people at work don't. I mean, I think you have to kind of temper that just a little bit. All right, so last one, and Buck, I'll start with you, and I'll just kind of go down the line. Um, what advice would you give to someone that has a, have problems controlling their temper in their mouth? The best advice is to, I mean, if you got yourself in a situation where, you know, that this person, you know, whoever is causing the issues, uh, the best thing to do is back away because you just don't want to get yourself into a situation to where they piss you off to the point to where you make a mistake, you know, they make you make a mistake. Um, Uh Best thing to do is just, you know, whoever's causing the issues, you back away and you go in a different direction because ultimately, you know, you don't, you know, you don't want people to, you know, be, you know, get to the point to where people start hurting each other. So take a chill pill, take a step back, reevaluate things, and 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 take a new approach. You know, do something different. Um, get away from that person. So, therefore, you can, uh, you know, have a sense of balance. So best thing to do is step back because, I mean, ultimately – if that person is supposed to, you know, whatever the, you know, whatever they're doing or whatever, you know, whatever they're doing to make you mad or what have you, you know, it it ain't worth it. Life's too short as it is. You don't need to make it any shorter. Like my grandma used to say, "Don't rush death." So, the best thing to do is just take a step back, take a step back, man, and and reevaluate and re and assess things. So therefore, you don't, you know, that person doesn't make you make a mistake. Okay. And, Crystal, what do you think? What's your advice to someone who may have a temper or a smart mouth? Uh, Well, besides shut the fuck up, it would be the old adage of um, before you speak, you know, count to ten, you know, or um, in other words, pause and think Mm -hmm. and then speak, you know, evaluate the situation. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to do, of course, because we want to get our point across. We want to, um, especially if there's other people in the room, maybe we want to save face or something to make sure everybody knows that, you know, you ain't no punk or whatever. So right, you're, right. You're going to come back at them or something. So, And it could end up hurting you more in the, in the long run, um, especially if it's, you know, in a situation where it was really small, then it just turned into something really big because, you know, you were trying to save face or something. So I would just tell people, you know, just, you know, calm down for a moment. Take a look at the perspective of what's going on and um, and then speak, you know. and But, again, that's very hard to do. A lot of that is personality-based. Uh, some people aren't capable of doing that because, you know, they just like to talk or they mm-hmm. like to show out, as we used to say back in the day. You know, you're just showing out for these fools around here, you know. 
has nothing to do with who you really are. And, you know, and that's something to think about too. I mean, if you act differently when you, like let's say, for instance, which always annoys me is when people like couples, when they start arguing mm-hmm. in front of everybody else, you know, like you're out with a group of friends or whatever and you're in public and then all right. of a sudden they have an argument. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I mean, why couldn't this wait, you know, until you got home and get back in the car, you know, because that's what I do. I wait till I get back in the car. I'm like, you know, I don't forget what the fuck you just said, right? <laughs> We're going to talk about this shit for the rest of the goddamn night. Just be prepared. That's all I'm saying. You know, he's probably like, what the fuck? You were, you were fine if you missed the car. I was like, yeah, right. I was. So that's your mama, motherfucker. And now we've been had this conversation. But see, that's what you do in private. Okay, and but yeah, people do that in public. It's just, it's embarrassing for everybody because it's like, oh my god, now I gotta hear this shit, you know? Right. And but yeah, if you just step back, but it's hard for people to do that, and it's, and it usually people regret it. The only thing I can say really is, is, is a lot of times after the fact is just being a, a man or a woman about it and saying, you know what, I'm sorry about what I said. I didn't mean that shit, or explain why you said it or something because a lot of times you did mean it. You just didn't mean to say it. You meant that shit. <laughs> you didn't mean to say it, but you know, and and you know, be an adult about what what occurred, you know, and and where the feelings really came from and stuff like that. That's what we usually don't do, but if we did that, I think that would help a lot of relationships and keep them longevity better than you know, since people who are who don't get to see each other or don't have relationships because of something stupid that you said at a party once or something. So Right. Okay, okay. You got another caller holding. Hit one on your dial pad when you're ready to chime in. Ray, what's your advice to someone that can't control their temper and their smart smart mouth? Well, uh, controlling your temper can be a different, uh, difficult thing because, you know, I, I have a, a bad temper. I mean, I'm a, I'm a cool person, but, you know, I wouldn't get upset until something goes left. Goes left, then it's a problem. But, you know, you try to respect other people and treat people the way you want to be treated. And you have to realize what the situation is. Because you have people out there who will say he wants to be professional, but I know he's a nigga underneath that professionalism. So if I can bring that, if I can bring that out, I'm gonna bring that out. But you can't allow a person to bring that out because otherwise you're gonna be what they say you are. You understand? So no matter what's said or what happens or whatever the case is, always think before you speak. I tell anybody with a bad temper that. Always think before you speak. You know, I don't care if they say they saw you coming out of the ladies' room. You say, um, I don't know who you thought you saw, but it couldn't have been me because I wasn't over here, I wasn't over there. I don't care what they say. Keep yourself calm. Because if you jump out and snap, 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 like you're arguing with your girlfriend or something like that, you're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to do the wrong thing. So I, that's my advice I would give to anybody. Just stay calm, think first, and don't react, particularly to something that's not 
worth reacting to. And I think you'll be a whole lot better off because a lot of people allow their tempers to get them into trouble. And, you know, that's what I would say. Daddy Rich, what's your advice to a smart mouth? Then I'll get Bobby and the caller that's holding. Man, you got to keep it cool, man. I'm I'm with I'm with Ray there. You you got to keep you cool, man. You got to think. You got to think, man. As an older a older man, you know, getting getting up in age. When I was young, it was quick. Man, shut the you know. But now it's like, man, okay, let me figure out, guy, how to. Get like I said, I want to get what I want. If you pop off, you're not going to get that. You're going to get far from that. So if you sit there and you think about it and you figure out how to get what you want, but make this person feel like they're getting something out of it, that's the best way to do it because you win, and that's the object of everything is to win. Yeah. Okay. Good one, man. Dr. Willis? I think um, you can give all the advice in the world, but if you're talking to somebody who has never suffered the consequences of their actions, they're going to feel <laughs> untouchable. And then, you know, I'm serious. They're going to feel untouchable and invincible. So your advice is pretty much going to go through one ear and out the other one. They have to actually, actually suffer the consequences of their actions before they really get it, you know what I'm saying, before they understand it. Now, as a, as a man who who who's uh, seeing this go down, then yeah, you should do your part and give them some kind of advice or try to find a way to defuse the situation. But I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, the person that's on the end that's going to pop it off, if they haven't been touched yet, if they haven't suffered the consequences of their actions, they're not going to take any advice you give because they're hotheads and that's what they do, you know. So you you know you can give the advice, but it may not be heated. All right, and let me go to the phone lines to the 843 area code, South Carolina, and bring on Gigi. How's it going? Hello, how are you? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can, can hear you? that 900 number voice. <laughs> hi, hi, you guys. Good evening. Um, On this topic, what I want to say is, you know, it's easier said than done. And a lot of things contribute to people speaking out of term, like alcohol or drugs, <laughs> you know. So those things contribute as well. We have to take those things into account. But some people are just outspoken. They just speak their mind, you know, what they call shade now. And and it is what it is. We know that. You know, you go to grandma house, she's going to say, you know you need to comb your hair. You know what I mean? But... There's a big difference between that and fighting words like, you know, your mama hoe. You know right. what I mean? So there's a, you, people have to differentiate the two and recognize the state of mind that they're in. That, that's my that's my thought process on it. Okay, cool. I appreciate that, ma'am. And, um, I mean, controlling your mouth is all about maintaining a pleasant attitude. And, and like she said, it's not always easy to do. But if you focus on it long enough, then it can, you know, eventually be something that comes naturally to you. Now, a lot of people act a certain way simply because they're allowed to, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're of the mindset of, oh, it's just me being me. Well, no one has to accept that from you. 
So it's best to control your mouth to prevent getting cursed out or worse, knocked out. Just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean that everyone else around you has to suffer. Everyone has problems, and no one's problems is, you know, more important than someone else's. So think before you speak. It's just that simple. Think of the consequences, like Dr. Willis said, to your actions, and you'll be surprised at how much easier your life will be. Because being pleasant is not a chore, but not being pleasant and not being in control of your actions can cost you. Um, So that's just something people need to pay attention to. But I got one more topic I want to bring up and discuss, and it's something I came across, I believe it was on thegrio.com. What do you do when you're when the man who didn't want more kids with you gets someone else pregnant? And that question came up when um, the singer Neo announced that not only is he engaged again, but he's also ex- expecting um, another child with um, his new boo. Now, the mother of his first two children, I think her name is Magneta Shaw, I believe, um, you know, she had two children with Neo and got her tubes tied. But now he's having a baby with someone else. So um, in that situation, Gigi, I'll stick with you since you just got on. Um, I mean, how do you do you think that she feels some type of way that, of course, you could always get it reversed, but I mean, that she would have to go through it to get it reversed if there was someone else to come into her life who wanted kids or, I mean, is there a certain heightened betrayal there when you tie your twos because you're committed to someone like, yeah, these are the two we're going to raise and this is it. And then they move on with their life and kind of leave you like that. The key word in this whole scenario is fiance. That's the whole thing that bothers me with this. This is the seesaw that a lot of people go through where it's like, I want to be with you. I don't want to be with you. I want to be with you. I don't want to be with you. We get married. Okay, well, let's wait on the marriage. You see what I mean? And she probably was going through that with him, but he kept continuing on with the committed thing. You're playing head games with someone. And I do, I do feel that she's probably devastated, but like you said, she can get it reversed and hopefully it's successful. I have a male friend who did this, and he only had one child with this woman. She lied to him and had two other children that he thought was his Mm. with two other men. And he can no longer have children with any other women. He only had one child. So, I mean, it's a horrible thing as a whole just to think about. Okay. Okay. All right, and Crystal, what do you think about, um, is that some sort of, is it a heightened sense of betrayal, or is it just kind of like par for the course, just something that happens in relationships? Well, um, I think it's par for the course, and I say that because when you make a decision, and actually this happened to me, I made a decision to, um, you know, to not have any more kids, you know, to have tubal ligation. And um, then time went on, and I met a man who um, had one child, and he wanted to have more children, and I couldn't. And, um, yeah, you can get it reversed, but that's pretty goddamn expensive. And you can also get – you can go through the in vitro uh, way of, you know, taking his sperm and your eggs. 
your eggs are still there. They're still form, you know, they're still working, but they just can't, you know, what the tubes that tubal ligation does is it stops it from getting to the egg and it stops the egg from actually fertilizing. Mm-hmm. So, um so yeah, again, it is a very expensive, but that is a choice okay that you make. And and that's a choice I made. And the choice he had to make was whether or not he wanted to be with me on, on a longer term and the bottom line was I can't, I'm not having any more kids. I can't. And then um the bottom line for him was he wanted more children. There it is. So, you know, that's the end of that relationship. But that's something is is in this scenario for her, I think that is, again, that's a choice she made for her life, for her body. She decided, I'm not going to have any more children now. You may say that Neo promised we'll be together, whatever the fuck. Okay, that was a dream in her head, all right? You made a choice still for your own body. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, Neo may have actually meant I will be with you forever, but then Neo could get hit by a bus, okay? Right. And then that will be the end of him. And then the next thing you know, you meet somebody else or you want to. And then you, oops, okay, the best man in the world doesn't have any kids. He wants to have kids, especially when you're young like that. I mean, they're in their, what, 30s or whatever. So you still may want to. You think you may not want to, but anything can happen. So... I don't really blame the situation necessarily on Neo. I really don't because shit happens in relationships. And that's a choice she made for her body. And if he decided, look, I thought I wanted more kids. I didn't want more kids, but I guess I do. And there it is. And then, and then who knows if, you know, he had this relationship or whatever with this woman and just said, you know what? She's pregnant. I didn't think I wanted another, to be another, you know, dad to another kid. I guess I do. Because here, here's, here's this child. I, I want to be with her. So, can, I, can, I, hey. can I ask you a quick question? I'm sure. sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. Um, what if they were married? What if they were actually married? Forget the fiancé thing. What if they were married? It, does, mm-hmm. it, does the same, is it the same scenario? Actually, no. Okay? Because then that's a choice. See, there's a difference between being married and being, like you said, a fiancé. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, girls, but until that you got that ring and contract in your on your finger and in your drawer, that is, it, I'm sorry, it doesn't mean as much because if you were married and that was a condition of your marriage, then she could sue for that. Yeah, she could. I mean, that would be a part of the divorce decree. But um, as far as you know, what even sue to have it reversed? No, she could. She could sue for damages. I mean, saying oh, that oh, you know you promised this and this is like no. No, if they made a choice in a marriage and said, we are not going to have any more children, I'm getting my tubes tied, boom, bip, you decide, oops, I don't want that anymore, I'm getting divorced, and I'm going to go and marry somebody else and have kids or whatever, then now she's left being sterilized. That was a choice that the two married people made in a contract situation. That's different. It's different only in the um, the aspect of monies and, 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 and contracts is not different in emotions because yet and still you made that decision for your own body. So th- here you are still now without a husband and now single again with a kid and maybe wanting, you know, another child. I mean, so, I mean, I just say with any woman or male who decides to do any kind of sterilization, you got to think about that shit. Really think about it. But in this situation, I'm sorry. That's the way the mop flops. 
That shouldn't have been so funny. But I laughed anyway. <laughs> I, I only encouraged you. All right, well, real quick, Dr. Willis. Uh, I mean, he not only plays a doctor on the radio. Sometimes he plays an attorney, too. Dr. Willis, Bobby Willis, Esquire. Uh, what, what's your rebuttal to that? Do you think that uh, you agree with Crystal? I know you have a different stance when it comes to not being married or married or whatever. Uh, I, I, I've never heard precedent of someone taking action like that, but, I mean, you think that could fly? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it, it happens all the time. You think about it, when you're, when you're married, right, if, um, if, if you tell a woman that she don't have to work and then 10 years down the line y'all get divorced, She's going to get out of money. She's going to get, you know what I'm saying, she's going to get paid because, you know, when y'all got married, you had asked her not to work. So that's why I tell young guys all the time, be careful what you say. Because half time, you know, you go in the court, and, and she said, yeah, he told me that. I, I didn't have to work. I, and told me not to work. You're going to be like, yeah, I said that. And guess what? You're going to get nailed right there. You don't even know you, you're putting nail in your own coffin. So, yeah, that will fly in a marriage. But here's my thing about marriage, though. In this day and age, marriage... It, it's not like it, it was, like in uh, the generation before us or before that. You know what I'm saying? People aren't staying together like that no more. So, I mean, you could say, oh, uh, you know, if you, you know, don't do it until you get married and this, that, and other, guess what? It's still, you're still going to have the same situation. It all depends on how that person feels. If, um, first of all, if you're going to do something to your body that's permanent, don't go out on the limb by yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you better you better make sure that your partner is willing to take that same punch. So before she went and got her tubes uh, tied or whatever she did, she should have been like, hey, are you going to get a vasectomy? Let's do this together. You know what I'm saying? It's a commitment thing. If he wasn't willing to do that, then guess what? You don't put yourself under that under that, uh, that pressure. And even if you're getting married, I don't care if you are married, you know what I'm saying, don't make like, uh, permanent choices now, now uh, in this day and age because – People don't stay married long. I don't understand why folks always think that marriage is the cure or the or the fix all for everything. You know, yeah, you get married, you get, you know what they think it's a fix all. And guess what? People are getting divorced at a rapid rate right now. Check the statistics. It ain't pretty. So marriage, in that sense, don't mean jack. Okay, all marriage is, and I know, I know, I'm, I'm gonna get the feminists coming out in droves now, but all marriage is is a freaking safety net for the woman in the relationship. Because that's all it is. I mean, I just oh, like that. Oh, wow. I know, I know. I, I'm ready for the tomatoes and stuff, but, you know, in the dark. But what I'm saying, though, is when you... Oh, you know, wow. I'm hurt. I'm so hurt right now. Contrast. When you get the board, you can't, you can't find a single man itself in rare situations that have gotten anything out of a divorce. It is always, almost always the woman. And I don't care what has been happening, unless you can prove that she's cheated and all that which is very hard to do, guess what? It's always the woman that ends up with half or, or, or even the majority of what you, what, what you guys earn together. It's always like that. I mean, find, find something to see that, almost always. So can it's I no please, security for me. Can I, can I please ask you a question? Because you, I'm a married woman, and now you, like, hurt my feelings, like, you know, okay, well, you all already, well, now you're going to know if you haven't known before. Listen, I'm open to an open marriage or a poly marriage in my marriage mm-hmm. if things get stale. So I don't believe in divorce, okay, and I don't believe in cheating, okay? So for some, that's not a measure, and I see where all that other stuff falls into place. But when you're saying that, 
you know, it's just like marriage is just a done deal. People are just over it. They haven't figured out a way to work it out or talk, communicate, or do what we've been doing for centuries. It scares the crap out of me. Please help me here. All right, so so what I'm saying to you is this, okay? What you're saying right now is you don't believe in divorce. I hear that all the time, all right? And and that may be the case. But there is some there there may be that one thing out there that that could cause you to freaking not forgive or, or take your, your your husband back. You probably you know, I hope you never reach that point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, when you're happy in a relationship or in, uh when you're happy in a marriage I should say, you're gonna always say, Oh, that's not you know what I'm saying, you're gonna always disagree with that stance. But guess what? Go ask any person that's divorced right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They probably got all kinds of freaking uh, um, hate stories and things like that. I wish I would have never. You know, I mean, it's always different when you're on that side of the uh, the table. I'm not. I'm not against marriage. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with marriage. But what I'm saying is, if you think that marriage is going to fix all your problems, you're 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 sadly mistaken. You're going to be happy for maybe you know a few years. You know what I'm saying? A couple of years. If you're not strong enough to deal with those times that freaking start to sink, when the marriage hit its lowest of the lows, if you're not strong enough to deal with that, guess what? Folks aren't like they were back in our generations before us. They they weren't tolerable. Right. They weren't sticking it out. They're saying, you right. know, I ain't got to deal with it now. I'll give a divorce, give her whatever the hell, or give him whatever the hell it is that you want, and, you know, get the hell out and move on. People are doing that. I mean, I'm not just saying in this. the 70s. Stopped in the yeah. 70s. Right. I'm not. I'm not just saying this to be saying that or to make people mad. I'm telling you what I see. I'm giving you, you know, the statistics support what I'm saying to you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I hate to be. I hate to be the guy that sound all downtrodden about marriage, but it's not what it used to be. Mm. It's not what it used to be. And it's all about. It's all about the way advertisement has become the king, and the way they advertise things. Everybody's looking for the next thing, man. It's like your mind is set on, oh wow, look at that, you know. And back in the day, man, you know, yeah. it's like the mindset was totally different, and they didn't have the advertisement and the access to the things that we have today. And that is what's made things messed up because people have access to things that they've never seen before. And when you've never seen something, it makes you interested and you want to see what it's about. So that pulls and gravitates people to those things. And that's why things have gone into a, what you would call a cesspool right now because everybody sees these things and they want them. And on TV and all of this stuff, they, they show glamour glitz. Just look like look at the awards that were just on. Look at Miley Cyrus with the bullshit she was wearing, man. It was all about... Attention right. is all about glamour and glitz. They're trying to sell it, and if you but you know what you know what I would say I would say if I had to assign a number to that a percentage, I'd say that's about fifteen percent of it. I'm gonna tell you what I think the biggest problem is, and I'm, I'm probably gonna get more hate for this, but I'm telling you right now, if you really dig and research, you're gonna see that this is backing it up. The problems came about with women's rights, and trust me, I am all for women's rights before y'all get mad, <laughs> all right? But I'm saying, well, we, 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 we better to get messed up. Crystal, get him, get him, Crystal. Hear me out, though. When, when women started being able to work, when they started being able to vote, when they started doing all these other things, and I, I, I'm all for that. I'm telling you right now, I'm all for that. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say to you is that that day, Oh, my God. Hold on, listen. Back then, when they were men, all women were pretty much the same. They were just, they were pretty much homemakers. 
So the guys are obligated to take. Listen, I, I'm not. I'm not making this up. I'm telling you what it is. Can I please say something? I'm so going to explode. My cheeks are about to bust. Listen to what I'm saying, though. If you, if you understand not, it, no, what I'm saying. And not just what I'm saying. Wait, I'm not a, I'm not a woman's right anything, but you know, women were out there milking cows and sowing and doing all that farming along with the men. It was always a team effort and I don't understand why I mean, but you're not you're not listening to what I'm saying. You're not listening to what I'm saying. I'm not putting women down. I'm not saying that I'm saying that that's that's not a full okay. whole truth. That's just part of the truth. Well, you, have, you haven't like, allowed me to say you know, what I was going to say. You're just taking a part. You're taking a part and you're running it. I'm the fan But what I'm saying is that back then they had an obligation to women. All right. Now a lot of guys don't feel that. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So now it's like if something ain't going right in the relationship, you know what? Hey, look, you got a job. I got to know you're going to be all right. Or, you know, I can afford to give you this, boom, you're going to be all right. It's different now. It's not like when we felt obligated to our women. All right? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that, you know, but all that came about, though, because of a lot of, of, of extra, um, you know, you guys are actually getting out of the house and getting out into the workforce. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that, you know, there was a from that. So, you know. Any problem? <laughs> Hey, just, 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 as amusing as it's been, let me jump in. Uh, I, it's something about this topic that just takes things to the left, but uh, I don't know, I have to admit that was very entertaining and very interesting. Uh, uh, hey, but, that, but, but that's good, though. That's part of the show, though, Q. Yeah, so that's just how it goes. over talking to each other and stuff like that. That's exactly what it was, you know. When he got his points out, you know, they went back and forth. Dun, and that's dun, how dun, dun, dun. Show is. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so but let me go ahead and uh, we'll we'll get into our final thoughts in just a moment, and everyone can take a moment to address whatever they want to address. But just to set up tomorrow's show, you know, we've seen um, we've seen uh, so many terms that describe situations and things that get thrown around on social media. One thing that I see every now and then is when some lady is like, girl, that one dude inboxed me again. He's so thirsty. What does thirsty mean in slang terms? Well, according to UrbanDictionary.com, it means that you're too eager to get something. But when it comes to a guy trying to holler at a woman on social media or in, you know, just at the workplace or wherever it may be, is he really being thirsty, or is she just not attracted to him? I mean, is if if Idris Elba inboxed that same woman with the same statement, would he also be dismissed as being too eager to get with her? Absolutely not. So, 
there are a lot of double standards when it comes to relationships and things of that nature, and that's just one of them that we'll discuss on tomorrow on the Talk to Q Radio Show. No experts, just opinions. Brought to you by TruthDevour.com. That's at 10 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. All right, final thoughts. And let's see. Anybody want to volunteer to go first? Something I never ask. Hey, I go first. It don't make no difference. All right. I mean, um, tonight was an interesting show. You know, I think that, um, you know, people that uh, say things or are rude to other people, I think that they should just think about what they're doing and just try to be better and not try to just say things for, you know, for shock value or just disrespect people. And I think a lot of times that's what's happening in the, with the black female and the black male. Black female always want to snap off and say what they want and all that type of stuff. Instead of saying, well, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk things out and we're going to be rational, you know, like I used to say to some exes, you know, married now, I really had an issue, but to some exes, talk to me the way you talk to the white folks at work. If you do that, if you, do that you ain't rolling your neck, you ain't blowing up like you want to fight and all that, you talking to them like you got some sense. Talk to your meat like you have some sense. And I think a lot of things would be a whole lot better. I mean, it's always going to be disagreements, and that's what makes topics great, which makes the show great. But everybody is entitled to their opinion. You know, I don't necessarily agree on all the all the uh, opinions on marriage, but then again, my perspective may be different. But I do feel where Bobby is coming from, and I feel where the young lady is coming from. It's just all about people's experiences. So, you know, it was great to listen to, and I think, you know, you need to have a part three to it because, you know, they was they was going at it. That was pay-per-view tonight. So <laughs> great, great show, great topics, and look forward to the next one. All right. I appreciate that, man. And I agree with you 100%. People uh, use the same restraint at home as they did at work. It would make relationships a lot easier to deal with. I agree 100%. But what's your final thoughts, man? But. Yo, but. <laughs> okay. Daddy Rich. All right, man. I think, man, it's like this, man. Win. Win. So when you're angry at someone at work or at home, win. And that's what you got to think, man. When you're trying to get your point across, that's what you're trying to do. So basically your key is to win, and you think in your mind, I want to take this situation psychologically to win, man. And and that will calm everyone down at that point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's been a great show. Like you said, man, everybody, you know, did a good thing. Crystal, I can't believe you didn't chime in on on the, the women's rights thing. You know, he was digging, but 
he sort he sort of had he sort of had some kind of little thing going on, but then he started digging a little more, you know. But Q man, great show. You always bring it. Uh, everybody brought it, you know. The doc brought it, you know. Ray, you brought it. Buck, you dropped off on us, you know. But uh, you know, <laughs> Daddy Rich, man, I'm I'm getting ready to do some shows, man. Things are getting ready to pop off for me. Uh, got some investors, so things are getting ready to be big. I want all you guys to be involved, and I'll try to keep you involved in the way that I can. All right, man. Definitely appreciate that. Yeah, keep me up. All no right. Doubt. And Crystal? All right. Um, well, first of all, I would like to say that, of course, I'm looking forward to Daddy Rich's um uh, upcoming stuff because it will be right in line with my um, opening show. So anyway, so let's look forward That's to that. What's up? When is what is that? <laughs> it's not set yet. It's just upcoming. Okay. Oh okay. man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, first of all, mouth in trouble. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what I just did. I guess I shouldn't have announced anything. But anyway, um, mouth uh. in trouble. I think people. Um, again, like I said before, we do tend to. Good point. I'm glad you brought it up, Q, regarding um, people going off on their people who are closest to them. And, you know, we do get the brunt of the pain, especially in families, as we noticed. Um, There was uh, one line um, in a movie that I I always remember, you know, regarding family and friends. And, And one, the family member said that she was not, you know, her fan. It was in the movie Mommy Dearest when she was arguing. I don't know if mm-hmm. people watched that movie, but but that particular scene ago. when she was when they were arguing at each other and the and the daughter said, "I am not your fan. I am not someone um, who is just in off the street." Because she was complaining, She's like, "Why don't you treat me like you know these people who are off the street who treat me so well?" you know, and love me and all this kind of stuff. And why don't you treat me that way? He says, well, I'm not your fan. I'm your family. You know, and there's a difference. And I think we forget about that sometimes, which is why family can do the most harm to us. And they bring us the most pain because I believe in the back of our minds, in the, you know, in families' minds, they feel that, well, you're not supposed to go anywhere. You're not supposed to hate me. You're not supposed to, you know, whatever. You're not supposed to let me go because, you know, home is, is a place you can always come back to no matter what the fuck you did. And you treat these people like crap. And you think about it, you compare it to your friends, you know, people you chose to be a part of your life. <laughs> and you think about them and you compare, well, if my friend did what my sister or whatever did to me, would I accept them back like I accept my sister back? And you would go, hell no, fuck that bitch. You know, no fucking way. But you accept them back. Why? Because they happen to share blood with you, blood that you had nothing to do with. I didn't tell your daddy to fuck your mama. I mean, that had nothing to do with me. I wasn't even born yet, but now i got to deal with you for the rest of my life because of that. You know, and mm. I think that's unfair. But that's how we treat our family, the people who love us simply because we were born they love us, and 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 it's and, you, and it should be the other way around, you know. But it, unfortunately, it's not. So I like that you brought that up because it's a, it's a good point that people should think about. Um, women's lib, yes, uh, <laughs> I do have to speak on that because I am the card fucking carrying 
uh, women's liver um, on this show and in life. And, you know, you're, first of all, I have to agree with Bobby. I, I do. Because it is because of women's lib that things have changed, okay? Relationships have changed. And when, you, when, when Bobby was talking about how in marriages, that it, it favors, it has always favored the woman. Well, it is because what our new caller um, had said. She said that, well, it's because people didn't work. You know, you know, he said that people, people, the, you know, the wife didn't work. So yeah, you do have the fact that this person was at home. So yeah, these laws were put in place so they wouldn't be just cast out into nothingness. Because they were there raising your children and they weren't working or having or at one time couldn't work, so with the, with the onset of women's lib, okay, with that political movement, that um, women were able to make a choice to say I will go out and I will have my life if if I choose to or if I don't choose to, so it does it has changed things it has changed so I do believe though that the laws of divorce has changed for a lot of men. There are men who are getting alimony and who are who are uh, in palimony, for that matter, because there are women who are making a hell of a lot more than they are, and they decided to stay at home and be with the children, or they just simply did not make more. So, therefore, they had a lifestyle by being with this woman. So those laws are in place for women, just like they, are in, they were in place for men. It's just that in those times, men were the breadwinners, not by choice of women, but by the choice of the law. We could not work. Now we can't. So there's a difference. So I have to agree with him on that. Um, but I will say, very good, very good show, of course. And I always look forward to your shows. And I'm glad that we were able to actually, you know, talk about the topic tonight. Um, so I, um, I look forward to the next show. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, ma'am. I appreciate that. And Gigi. Yes. Yes, I'm here. Your final thoughts? Um, as far as people keeping your mouth closed, I, I think that's always going to be hard. Like I said, sometimes we grow up with a mama who doesn't keep her mouth closed and a grandmother and maybe a father too. So it's just in our nature. But I think we have to choose the proper surrounding, okay, and we have to really think about it. And like I said, other things that are in play like alcohol or drugs, that make people have a looser tongue. Um, we need to just take that into consideration. Um, as far as the gentleman with his whole feminine and marriage thing, I'm kind of hurt and heartbroken. Okay, because like um, I I I don't know. Maybe I'm just blind and I have my rose-colored glasses on that I care not to see those things, so I act like they don't exist. But um, I'd like to see the, 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 you know, the side of the rainbow that has the golden, the pot of gold. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, as usual, Gigi, I appreciate you chiming in. Don't be a stranger. And Dr. Willis, shut it down, man. All right, um, that probably made some enemies tonight, but it was kind of good to hear Crystal agree with me. As far as the uh, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, I think we all want that, but, you know, the fact of the matter is it don't exist, and that's the problem. 
Uh, it can exist. We just don't, you know, in this day and age, it just doesn't happen. My whole thing with the um, with feminism, and first of all, I do want to let everybody know I'm kind of a socialist feminist. You know, I believe, you know, I believe in calling for the end of capitalism, for some kind of socialist reform, for you know, so that women can have an equal playing field. So, I mean, I'm all about, I'm all about, you know, women's rights and women's liberation. But what I was trying to say is that because the women were at home, you know, there was a different level of responsibility and a different mindset that the men took on to where they felt obligated to that woman and they would stand in those relationships. Even if they was out there cheating or the woman was cheating when he was gone and all that stuff, they felt that they were obligated to each other and that, and that no matter what, they were going to work through and they stayed through all that stuff. They did that. But when women, when uh, a lot of women rights came along, when they started, uh, they were able to get out into the work field and make their own money, and they, they weren't relegated to the house anymore and things like that. You know, things started to change. However, the law the laws did not change with that. You know what I'm saying? We still got 1960s, 70s laws protecting the, these women who didn't work while women are out there working. <laughs> so so the, the laws haven't caught up with the times. So that created resentment in a lot of men. Like, even right now, if you go out and meet the man of your dreams, y'all may, you know what I'm saying, y'all may be all Google, you know, looking through the rose-colored glasses right now, but still in the back of his mind, it's like, okay, well, what if this goes sour? And I'm telling you right now, 99.9% of the men probably think that. Well, I'm going to speak, I'm going to go out and let me speak for every man. Probably think that. You know, what happens if this, you know, goes awry? You know what I'm saying? Because right now we have been conditioned uh, society to, to believe and to actually know, and it's been proven, that if we were to get into this relationship and it goes 10 years, the proverbial 10 years or whatever, guess what? She get half no matter what. And we think that whether it's right, wrong, or whatever, other. That's what we've been shown. So there's a sort of resentment to the system that trickles down to our women because these laws haven't caught up with the times. And so that's what I was trying to say. There's nothing against the, the women. It's, how the, it's just how our society and laws are. So if you were to get divorced now, and I know what Crystal was saying, but that's very rare circumstances where, you know, you may hear about a rich guy like, you know, Kevin Federline with Britney Spears and stuff. He's, he, you know, that type of story every once in a while. But you do not hear about those type of stories on the level that we hear about women taking these men to court and getting over half of whatever they've made throughout their careers. All right, that happens. That, that has created resentment. But those laws are in place, and the reason why women are getting half is because those laws are still based on 1970s and before that, when the, when the women were at home and they and like Crystal said, you know, so they wouldn't get kicked out of there with nothing. So I want I want the women to understand that it's not nothing I was saying is against y'all, but this is the actual reason. I mean, you know, what I'm well, at least in my mind and from my studies and from statistics, it shows me that this is the reason why, you know, marriages are not like the, what they used to be. Okay. So, um, and, and, and you know, and I just want to make sure you guys understand that because, like I said, I, I consider myself a, a social uh, feminist. So I'm not I'm not anti-woman <laughs> at all. But I am about what's right, and I am about objectivity. I try to see everything from an even keel, even if it means, you know, calling out one side or the other. If, it's, if that's what it is, then that's what it is. All right. Good job, man. Good comeback. You undug. All right. And Buck, did you ever show up, man? 
Yeah, I can hear you now. I couldn't hear you earlier. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, man. Great show. I mean, uh, if you know, that was a really good point that uh, yeah, everybody made. I really don't. Have, great points. I mean, I really don't have to come back and just just sign on with that because, I mean, ultimately in the end, I mean, you just want to make sure you're doing the right thing, and you know, you don't want to see a glass half empty. You want to see it at least half full. Got to be some common ground somewhere. So, um, you know, so people, you know, just try to do the right thing and go from there. But great points, great show as always. I'm hold on and catch this sports show. As well. All right, sir. And yeah, we will talk a little zone coverage after this. All right. So, um, you know, my thanks to TruthDevour.com. Offered by you.com, LiveTraders.net, for being sponsors of tonight's show. Uh, my thanks to the show legends, callers, tweet chatters, and everyone else that had something to do. I uh, have some participation on Facebook as well. The upcoming show schedule can be found at TalkToQ.com. If you want to hear previous shows, then subscribe to me on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and get caught up. Everyone have a good night. We're getting ready to talk sports on zone coverage if you want to hold on for that. If not, peace out. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 p.m. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm going live. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. <laughs> you want to be my blog lover. My name is Quincy. The Talk to Q Radio Show. But I do believe that the love for money and power most of the time outweighs their love for women. And this is my show. That's what I was saying, too. I think I was doing a lot of shows with this. They're saying it, too, because... Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Is that it? Oh, I'm, I'm going to quote these things. I'm saying this. And I'm going to quote Mike Thompson. His mouth and, and, and blew under the camera, and he's still winning. He's winning because he's getting paid. Win. Yeah, but the thing is, is all these experts are not stupid. Now, that's big thing. These experts ain't shit. They're gurus. They're prognosticators. They're just like us. As big Ben says, it's not what you do your rookie year. It's what you do after your rookie year. Because once the defense is set up to you, we want to see how good you really are. And... The read option, they asked Mike Tomlin about that back in 2012. He said, no, it's just a flavor of the month. And that's what it is. Maybe we run that shit no more. Now, when you look at the stats, Kirk Cousins and Red played circles around him in his preseason. Now, like I say, he's a brother, and, you know, we want to see him do well and all that, but this is football. And 
as a football lover, I got to tell it the way it is. And the way it is is RC3 has not played well this preseason. And he may not be the answer in the Washington's. I don't believe he is. 90% don't believe he is. 10% still gives him a chance. But all that read option and this and that, defenses are caught up to that. Every time he gets on the field, he gets broke up because you can't take that out in the NFL. And what more do you want to be able to do? You want to pay him the $16 million next year? Give him a chance? And the guy turns around and says, I'm the best quarterback in the league. You might hide there, and what is it? I don't know. I think I don't know that that might have been taken out of context. I'm not sure, but um, it wasn't smart for him to say, given the given his past. Now, personally, I think RG three is somewhere in the middle. I think that he's better than what we see with the Redskins, but maybe not as good as what they gave up to get him um, initially. And I would like to see him go somewhere else and get another opportunity personally, because uh, a lot of a lot of worse quarterbacks have, in my opinion. So um, I, I think that Reds, the Redskins need to go ahead and cut their losses, uh, let him go, and let him land somewhere else and see what else he can do. And I mean, they'll probably wait until the off season to do it. But uh, uh, he said they got to put him on the field because. If he practices and get hurt, they'll look for that sixteen million dollars. That's why they'd rather give him to third strength. Because they put him out there or they let him practice or anything of the sort, they gonna be on the hook for that sixteen million dollars. Right. They gotta hold on to him. But uh, I mean we'll see what happens, but I actually kinda feel feel you know, the guy does need another opportunity somewhere. Um, definitely more so than Trent Richardson, in my opinion, who's already struck out three times. Uh, so. No, I mean, he definitely uh, 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 belongs in the NFL. I'm not saying that. But uh, to be like, oh, I'm one who left with Russell Wilson, uh, Andrew Russell. Oh, dude. Guy, you know, absolutely not, man. When I look at this kid on the sideline, I look at his face. He actually doesn't believe that that's where he's at. He actually believes that. He got nah, Matt R- Russell Wilson. I'm not even <laughs> sure he can outplay Russell Simmons right now. Doctor Willis, you want to chime in? I haven't heard you. I haven't heard you say anything. Yeah, I, I think uh, first of all, Richard uh, uh, Trent Richardson. Um, I think right now his failure is actually more of a a, a testament to that Alabama O uh, line when he was playing with Alabama because you know right he had a great line and 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 his you know everything he did there is a product of of that line. So now that he's in the uh, NFL. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not getting them anywhere because those guys, you know, what I'm saying they don't get tired. They 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 don't mind hitting them and stuff. It's just like uh, old Clark went out on them uh, on um, that thing, that show with Skip Bayless and stuff. Man, they I tell you, he went he went hard Ryan on them, man, and and, yeah. and he was right though. He was right though. It's like uh, in college, you know, what I'm saying they get tired, 
of hitting somebody that, that, that can absorb that punishment. But Trent Richardson don't give out punishment. You know what I mean? And so in the NFL, those guys don't get tired. They like to hit you, and they're going to keep hitting you. And so, you know, uh, he had they had a valid point with Trent Richardson. And as far as um, RG3, though, I think I have a different take on that situation, man. I think that everybody knows that Dan Snyder does not mind spending money. So if he, re- you know, if he really wanted RG3 gone, he would have already pulled the plug, paid him, and sent him on his way. I think right now what they're trying to do is make a statement. They are, they don't want him to go nowhere else. When he leave that team, he's gonna be hobbled. <laughs> they want him. They want him done. And I think that's why they kept him in there to take that punishment that he took. Uh, when he played uh, against, I forgot who he played, but uh, when he got punished like that, because uh, and and then plus the system that they're playing him in, uh, you know, so I don't think it's conducive to his style and and, and his his style of play. So I think that they what they're trying to do is make a statement with RG three. I think RG three can go to another team and be very productive, but they're not. They're, you know, what I'm saying because of the amount uh, that they spent to acquire him and what they gave up to get him. They're gonna make a statement with him. If he leave that team, he ain't gonna be able to play for another. Good point. They're going. They're trying to hurt him so he can't go nowhere else. You're right. This is the end. When you leave here, you will not play again. You're right. Good point. Dan Snyder has never hesitated to pull the string on anybody. Never. I mean, but if that's the case, and they are looking to. I mean, some people may look at it as, well, they don't want to see their draft pick they spent all these picks on go somewhere else and be successful. I mean, that's the conspiracy theory behind that, that they don't want him to have an opportunity to go somewhere else, find a system that fits him, and do better. And it could I be. Think, it could be that, too. I, I, think, because, I, think, I think his, his relationship with Mike, uh, Mike Shanahan, whatever happened at the end towards the end of that, that shit uh-huh. is following him now. But it's like everything he does gets magnified now, and unfortunately he doesn't realize it. Like they got something going on alone now where somebody hated on the Redskins on um, on Facebook, and Man, now he liked it. That, that he liked the comment. <laughs> you know, I mean, he has to know that when you do stuff like that, it's not going to really help you. He, he's situation. denying it, but of course he would. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he was hacked. But, you know, but I, th- I think, though, I think it's, it's a little bit more going on behind the scenes than we really know. Because, that, yeah. like I said, now, I mean, I'm just going off history, right? Dan Snyder, I don't care if you're a coach, you're a player, whatever. If he don't want you there, he don't like you, you or gone. something, you're gone. You're gone. So, for whatever reason, they're keeping this guy around. And I think because, like I said, they're factoring in how much they're giving up to get him. Then, him rubbing the organization the wrong way or whatever transpired between him and Mike Shanahan, all that stuff is just piling up. Everything's becoming a big old shit ball right now, and, he, and he's caught up in the middle yeah. of it. RG3, they're trying to screw you. So they're going to make a statement with him instead of letting all, all, him go. All, all, all these conspiracy theories, listen, they picked up the option, his fifth-year option on him, guy, for $16 million back in March or, or May or whenever it was, right before the draft. Yeah, so and said he was the guy. They, they, they gave him an opportunity. He did not come through with that opportunity. Now they're looking to unload him and they're looking to move forward. It's got nothing to do with they trying to get the guy hurt and all that. They're sitting him down right now because they don't want to be liable for the money. 
Money has never been that side of the problem. So, I mean, it's got to be something else. Yeah. I will say but this, though. You, know, you might as well give me that $16 million for all the good. I will say this, though. They, they, they sure did screw things up in the spring if they've done a 180 just that quickly. They evaluated him all wrong. I mean, we're, we're only talking a few months here, and you think they would know what they have in the man. But for him to go to first string to third string because, well, I mean, part of it, like you said, is to, to protect their assets. Um, that's just bad, man. That's just bad. That's just a bad organization. Hey, Q, Q. Well, you got to look at it. You got to look at it. You got to look at it like this. Dan, you got to stand in front of you. What did, what did he do this preseason, Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins is hit by a landslide. And um, I'll see if I can find his preseason stats. Go ahead. Um, I'll go look right there. Go ahead, Buck. What you going to say? Bottom line of it is this. This is something that I talked about when he got drafted to the Washington Redskins. I said, this boy got talent, but also at the same time, he's going to get ruined there. This is a quarterback graveyard. We we all know that when McDonald McNabb left and he came over to Washington, his career ended in Washington. Okay? And any other quarterback that's come since McNabb, their careers have ended in Washington. This is a cesspool for quarterbacks. And <laughs> no, I mean, we can, we can take it back way before that, and that just the knee out there running his mouth. But I we can go back to We can go to Jason Campbell. We can go to all yeah. these guys way before him. Yeah, but the bottom line of it is it's a cesspool. And especially, you know, Shanahan is a has-been. That son of a bitch don't know what the fuck he's doing anymore. He ain't changed with the times. So, Bottom line of it is, we didn't. Right. I, I, I said that I didn't Here are the stats. Kirk Cousins is 40 of 53, 435 yards, has a 75% completion percentage, two touchdowns, and interception, a 103.9 rating. Uh, RG3 is 6 of 13. 44 yards, a 46.2 completion percentage, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 54.6 rating. Well, that's pretty much something. I will say this, though. Colt Colt McCoy got better numbers than all of them. But think about this. It's the same line that's, that's blocking for Kirk Cousins. That's blocking for RG3. Now, you got to also factor in the fact RG3 is the type of person that just comes out and says whatever the hell he feels. He doesn't think about this crap. He just yeah. says it. And we know that. So, so why, why not just like in New York where, the, where uh, Gino got his jaw jacked? There's things like that going around in the league everywhere. They're not all going to get along just because you're on the team. Every team I've been on, I always had somebody I didn't, I couldn't stand. But I just didn't, you know, mess with them. So it's a possibility that maybe these guys on the line don't like him or somebody's not liking him. Maybe you need to sit back and watch and see how the, the defenders are getting in. Because when I'm watching it, it seems as if they're blocking for Colt McCoy, and they're blocking for Cousins. But when he's in, he's always got somebody in his face very quickly. And, yeah, and other factors. 
to factor in on this, this situation. Could be some other factors, but that, I think, the main, I think the main factor, the main factor is, is that this fool needs to improve his craft. I mean, he did, uh, first of all, right. he don't slide. First of all, he don't slide. Second of all, yeah, he already right. thinks he's the best. He already thinks he's the best in the league. He's not the best in the league. This this son of a bitch needs. This son of a bitch needs, just like I said about Trent Richardson. You need to work with people that that have played the position and done it well. He needs to go to. He needs to go to. You know, during the off season, go go visit Steve the Bird or go see Steve Young or somebody like that, or maybe some of these current guys. You know, go to go to where Aaron Rodgers go to to practice during the off season and study film and do you know study technique and footwork and those type of things. But also, you got to you know we have a quarterback of his kind of talent. You kind of have to build around him, and we see teams do this do this wrong all the time. He has a unique skill set, okay. So when you got a unique skill set, you have to draft players that fit you, that that quarterback skill set. Good point. And if, you don't, if, and if you don't you don't draft the type of players that you need to, you I mean we all know he's got some shortcomings, but at the same time. If you don't draft the type of players that you can, you know, you can use his attributes, you're not going to be successful. I don't care who you are in this league. But and right now, I think the main, yeah, he has, he has to, I think the main problem, the main problem for RG3 right now is the fact that he thinks he's better than everybody else and he don't have to study. And, he, he, you know, and well, it's just like I, I think the mental that thing. Ryan, I don't think he I thinks think something that. something that Ryan Clark said, and I thought it was very interesting when I heard a radio interview, Ryan Clark said that um, the problem that he had with RG3 is that he's indifferent. You know, he like you have some quarterbacks who are one way or another. And Ryan Clark said, you know, when you deal with someone who likes you and they show that they like you, you can work with that. When it's somebody that hates you, if they show that they hate you, you can work with that because you know where that person stands. But they say, RG3, you don't know what he's thinking. You know, he's just he's just not that leader type, and he thinks that's why people don't hold up for him and the reason he has the problems that he has because he's, he's kind of like an A-Rod. Think about A-Rod, how A-Rod wanted everybody to like him, you know, and he couldn't perform on the baseball diamond because he just seemed like he had things going on in his head. I think RG3 is the same way. Now, as far as what Daddy Rich was saying about the blocking, I do think that it is a, it is different when he's behind the line and when the other quarterbacks are too, and I've noticed that, but I always thought it's because because he has that scramble ability, I always felt like the line wouldn't hold their blocks as long as they would for Colt McCoy or for Kirk Cousins. Because to me, it seems like they'll be quicker to release their blocks when RG3 is back there because they're looking for him to run or maybe scramble or something. And I'm not saying they're doing it intentionally. I just think they have more expectations out of him athletically than they do the other ones. But I have noticed that when he's behind the line, I don't think he gets the time that they do. And it could be but, politics, man. The coach doesn't like him. We know that. Yeah, so, yeah we, you know, we know that. Why not go to the, one of the linemen or two of the linemen? Hey, man, you know, we want to do this. We're trying to get this guy out of here, you know, so do this for me. And, you know, they know that he's an athlete, so they say, okay, he'll get enough escapability to take this hit but they don't understand that he gives 110%, man. He goes all out. So when he takes that hit, he may take it when he's in full stride, and someone may hit him and straighten his leg out, break it, 
something like that because he's one of those guys that doesn't believe in going down. He's trying to get there. He's a, he he's a win. He's thinking win. <laughs> and you can't play in this league being that type of quarterback. A quarterback's number one job is to make the reads and throw downfield. All that running and shit like that is secondary. Now, it's just like a, a running back. A running back throw all the damn time. What kind of running back would he be? <laughs> you have to be able to read and throw from the pocket. Everybody's successful. Every great quarterback, everybody that somebody would look up to has thrown from the pocket. All this running and running and running, you running for 10 plays, then second half you get hit, you lift off with a bad shoulder and all that shit. Listen, man, that, that, that's playground shit, high school shit. Professional level, you have to throw from that pocket as a quarterback. As a quarterback, like I said, hopefully I want to I want to see RG three go somewhere else and get another opportunity. I really do. Oh, yeah. I want to see I, I believe if, he will. I believe if he, he can really sucks. Start. Yeah, I think he can too. And I, I want to see if he really sucks or if he, you know, just got a bad rap with the Redskins because it's hard to tell. I mean, playing for the Redskins and trying to evaluate how good someone is is like. Trying to smell perfume in a sewer. I mean, you don't know if it's the perfume or the sewer. <laughs> so, all right. Um, let's see. I just want to turn the attention to, uh, fellas, you know, college football is getting ready to start. Uh, yeah. I think there was a game on last weekend, like some North Dakota State or somebody. I can care less. Yeah, my turn I think most of it. Yeah, something like Delaware. No, it ended up no, being a pretty good game. Yeah. It was. It was a good game. So, but uh, some of the notable games that are coming up this season, I just wanted to kind of bring some of those up. Uh, Now, let's see. Missouri has really stepped it up. They came to the SEC, and they weren't intimidated, and they fared very well in the SEC. And they played Georgia October 17th. And that could be for the SEC East title. So that could be a big game. Um, does anyone think, is Penn State back? I mean, Penn State goes to Ohio State on October 17th. Is Penn State officially back and something worth keeping an eye on? Well, yes, I think they're be back. back versus Ohio State, I tell you that. <laughs> but, you know, they got this quarterback up there. They keep pulling this dick and everything. So I have to take a look at them. But, you know, how he's supposed to be the first pick in the draft and all this and that and the other he's talking about. So, and I hadn't really seen him play, but he hadn't done nothing real spectacular last year. You know, he's just a prototype quarterback. So, well, I like to see what he's going to do. But them Ohio State guys, you know, uh, Joey and all these guys on, on the defense line and uh, – Ezekiel Elliott running the ball. It's going to be interesting. I think Ohio State going to run over. Urban Meyer, the best coach in college football. Okay. And um, I, I think that Penn State has slowly made their way back, and that's going to be a nice test going into Columbus. Um, but uh, I, I think Penn State is ready to get back in the mix a little bit. And do their thing uh, because, I, I, I mean, 
between the opener at Virginia Tech and the uh, closer with Michigan State and Michigan, there's really nothing else for Ohio State. I mean, so Ohio State basically has like four tough games, and uh, this game against Penn State could be one because you know they won the double overtime last year, and James Franklin should be you know have a little more control of the team. This is going to be his second year. You know, he's coming out of Vanderbilt. He made them win. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State, that's a big rivalry for me as a Michigan fan. I don't know how good Michigan is going to be in the first year under Harbaugh, but it'll be something I'll keep an eye on. Um, Arkansas lost their running back. And Daddy Rich, uh, Tennessee, I think, is really going to be a good team this year. And they're going to make a run at the um, the SEC East, in my opinion. Do you think that uh, Tennessee is, is is on their way back to maybe being a – I think I can see them winning nine or ten games, to be honest with you. Go Vols. I'm going to tell you, this defense, Butch Jones, we're, we're coming. We're coming. And everybody is going to be surprised this year. And I'm going to tell you something, Alabama better watch out. Nick saving them – this defense is something that the 98 defense had with uh, this defensive line, man. Uh, you know, we had big John Henderson and Hainsworth, man. And then those defensive backs, they've got a little bit of experience. And it seems like that they're, they're on point, man. They're, they, they've accepted the, the plan and they're, they're going with it. Uh, so I, I think I predict. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say I'm crazy. We will beat Alabama, Florida. We both of them. Georgia may be trouble, but I think we'll get Georgia. The only team in the SEC right now that I think we're going to have a problem with if we have to meet them is Arkansas. Arkansas, even though they lost that back, Arkansas yeah. is a dagger. They, I mean, those guys came on strong. LSU is going to have a downtime due October to the fact they've lost them. They've lost uh, the defensive coordinator, which was our defensive coordinator, uh, Chavis. That's going to hurt them a lot. Uh, you know, so in Florida's just they're trying to find their way again. With uh, You know, you guys were talking about Ohio State and you were talking about Penn State. You know, they're coming back. They're doing this. Those are SEC coaches. So we're just spreading love to give everybody else a little chance to do some things. But I, I'm telling you this, Bush Jones, is coming to take everything back, and we're bringing it back to Rocky Top. It's going to be orange and white, baby. It's 98 again. Trust me. Oh, 98 was 98. It'll never be 98 again. I honestly, but I'm serious. I honestly think I, I looked at Tennessee's schedule, and I think they can make a run at, at 10 wins. I really do. I, I mean, and I just think that. We're going to whoop Alabama. And, uh, yeah, I don't know about the Alabama thing. But, uh, we got them. <laughs> Alabama's in trouble. They're in trouble right now. They're, look, look, Alabama yeah, got the ass whooped. They got the ass whooped, and, and they're in disarray. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Saban's not used to ass whooping. He's only seen a little bit of that in Miami. So when he come back and he's seen this, what just happened to him, it kind of got him in disarray because Ohio State wasn't supposed to to go where they was, and, and, and Oregon wasn't supposed to do what they did to him, and it hurt him, and he doesn't know what I happened. Mean, let's look at Tennessee's schedule. Yeah. Bowling, Bowling Green win. Oklahoma, number 19 Oklahoma, I think they can beat them, especially at Tennessee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Western Carolina yeah. win. 
at Florida, yep. I think they're going to be Florida. Yep. Arkansas will be tough. But they're playing We're Arkansas at home. Arkansas, Arkansas is, the, is the juggernaut right. of the SEC. And Arkansas is going to be coming. Y'all remember it's that. Gonna be coming, it's going to be a week removed from playing in Jerry World oh. against Texas A&M. Um, hmm. Then you have Georgia at home. Okay. That's going to be a good one. Uh, but then you got Alabama on the road. Uh, you got oh, Kentucky on the road. It'll be Kentucky. Then you got South Carolina and North Texas at home. And then you have Missouri on the road. And, I mean, the only games that I, I'm really leery of, Georgia, Alabama, and Missouri. Um, I would right. say Arkansas, but without that running back, I don't Y'all think maybe Arkansas. Six. They may be six and five, maybe. <laughs> you hear <this>? <laughs> <laughs> he, he must be a Nick Saban. He must be a Nick Saban fan. He must be no, I, on that. Saban ain't fooling me that he's a great coach. He just got more horses than everybody else. But the horses were in the race. You know, he, I mean? he had yeah. to come to the SEC to figure out the formula. We gave him the formula. He took it elsewhere. Just like Franklin, he just didn't have a chance to win anything. He just learned how to do things and took it and spread. Like I said, we're spreading love, baby. You know, the SEC's been on top for a long time. And and look here, Tennessee is back. Butch Jones is back to take that brick for brick, baby. Brick from uh, North Carolina, Oregon State. Butch Jones was at uh, Central Michigan, and he was was behind the Notre Dame coach. Uh, What's that guy's name? Uh, Help me here. Oh. No, uh, the guy that's there now. Brian Kelly? Yeah, Kelly, Brian Kelly. He yeah. he followed behind him from Central Michigan, and from Central, Central Michigan, they went, what was he at after that? Uh, uh, Texas Tech or something like that. Would it, but wasn't Brian Kelly at Texas Tech? I don't or one know. of those places like that. But anyway, he followed him these places, and then, yes, it was Texas Tech because uh, uh, the Clemson coach uh, – took over there, and he slapped the coach on the sideline. I can't remember his name either. But so, <laughs> oh, so, it, so Butch yeah. Jones so Butch, to me, Butch Jones has done a good job everywhere he's been. Uh, Brian, cool. Kelly, Brian Kelly has uh, been his guider, and we see what Brian Kelly's done. Butch Jones has taken this place and turned the atmosphere around and it's not just the atmosphere. We're getting the players, and you know, it's like people want to come here. And, and you, you're gonna see, you're gonna see this defensive line in action next year. Okay. And everybody, y'all, y'all think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, Alabama's main game is the run game. And when you shut that down, they have nothing. Shoot, oh boy, what's that? What's, what's that? What's that big brother name with the with, with the dreadlocks? This time to run the ball. For, uh, for Alabama. I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He, 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 I'm gonna tell you something. Oh, We're yeah, gonna give him what Trent him. Richardson got, uh, but early. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna tip him on tip my tone too. But uh, yeah. He he got he got something for for you guys. And we got and Khalil play, Mack for him. In Alabama. And Mr. Barrett, when he comes around them corners. It's like this. I don't Come see them the being there, Alabama. There, I, I just don't see that. They're, no, they're in trouble right now. 
they when they go to Alabama, it's gonna be forty five to ten. I hope they got some receivers in the quarterback because they damn sure ain't gonna be running. We're definitely going to read hey, this hey, as it gets closer. Hey, hey. Let me, let me move on. Okay. Okay. We're going to make that a no special doubt. show, Q, so, yeah. I can, so I can rub it in. <laughs> or you guys All can right. give me the funk. It don't matter. <laughs> now, opening weekend, opening weekend, you have Texas at Notre Dame. And even though, you know, Notre Dame has kind of come back into their own a little bit, Texas is – Trying to work their way around with Charlie Strong. Strong, I still like the the matchup though because of the big names and the uncertainty at how good Texas is going to be. Will Texas defense be enough to go to to South Bend and do something with Notre Dame, who's ranked in the top five? Um, so that's going to be a big game. Um, let's see, US UCLA and USC November twenty eighth. It's going to be good for Thanksgiving weekend. Michigan opens up against Utah. That's going to be big, just simply trying to see um, if Jim Harbaugh has these guys ready to play. That's going to be on a Thursday night, and they're going to be on the road. Yeah. And Utah's a pretty good team, you know. Utah has a um, a good running back, a Heisman Trophy candidate, Devontae Booker. So we'll see how that looks. Uh, let's see. Oregon and Stanford, November 14th. Those two teams have split the last six Pac-12 championships. So, um, you know, that's going to be good. Opening weekend, Ohio State at Virginia Tech. Um, That's going to be on a Monday. That's on Labor Day. So I look forward to that. I'm going to be on the the road for some of that, but I should be home in time. Uh, Anybody think that Virginia Tech has any opportunity to upset Ohio State, who I don't even know who their starting quarterback is or if they've announced it? Nope. Hell no. Virginia Tech always come out and – and play good at the beginning of the year, and then they get stomped at the end every year, just like Wisconsin. So who knows what they're going to do the first week. I still don't think they're going to beat Ohio State. Ohio State got got some horses up there. They may have three or four guys going the first round. So, you know, I don't. I don't see Virginia Tech even being in the game. They got something to prove. Ohio State has something to prove. That's the only blemish that they have from last year, and they are not going to let them beat them. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I, he's right. They've got the horses, and it's the mentality that they're going in with. You know, it's almost like you know, like a bully, man. They they got us last year. That's the only team that got us, man. We won the thing. But they got us, and that's something that you remember. You're going to remember that, just like you remember winning the championship. They got us, but we won the championship. Damn, but they got us, man. You know what I'm saying? They're going into this thing thinking, man, this, 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 I'm going to tell you something. Ohio State may win this game in the first 10 minutes of the whole game because they may just run their ass ragged and just run the score up to 45 to 50 to nothing by second quarter, because they're going in with mentality to beat their ass, because they they don't want that right there is not happening again. And I can tell you, Urban Meyer is not going to let it happen, and them players ain't going to let it happen, not again. Hmm. I don't care where it's at. I don't care where it is. Okay. 
And, uh, you know, I was sitting here and I was just looking at uh, Notre Dame's schedule. You know, on October 17th, they play USC. And, uh, oops, I just had their schedule and just lost it. Let me see if I can find it again. But Notre Dame has a tough schedule, man. They go through this schedule, then uh, they're definitely going to get some love as far as, uh, you know, the once everything's said and done as far as the playoff bid. But, all right, Texas is, you know, that's a good game. Then you go to Virginia. You have number 16, Georgia Tech, at home. You got to go on the road to number 12, Clemson. At home against number 8, USC. Um, you go on the road to Stanford, and then you mix in. You got Pittsburgh, who's looking to be better on the road. And then you got Boston College on the road. I think their schedule is kind of tough, man. I mean, the only little cupcakes they really have is like UMass and Navy and Temple. I'm not sure if UMass, I mean, if Navy's supposed to be good this year or not. But um, I say, normally Navy is not a cupcake, but I don't know how they're going to be this year either. So. Yeah, but uh, Notre Dame is, you know, has a pretty reputable schedule. Looks like they're trying to get back in the mix a little bit and get some of their that mystique back. But all right, let's look at some of the, the really really good games. Like, all right, back to back weeks. Oklahoma has Baylor on November fourteenth and TCU on November twenty first. And man, that's gonna be rough on Oklahoma. You already got a tough game at the beginning of the year, and. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be rough. I mean, you got to go to Waco on the 14th and then turn around and host TCU. Um, yeah, I mean, that's 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 two losses. I really think that's two losses for them. All right, LSU goes to Alabama November 7th. I think that LSU doesn't have the talent to hang with Alabama, especially in, in Alabama. But, um, yeah, that's still a game you always have to watch. You know, that's still a game they all have to watch. And then it's it's possible that LSU, even though I don't think they're on the talent um, level as Alabama, they can be going to that game undefeated. You know, if they can beat okay, okay. Mississippi State on the road in week two um, and, and and handle their business and beat Auburn at home, then, I, I mean, I feel like between there and – Alabama, they could be seven and one or eight and zero going into their game, so it should be a, a nice matchup if nothing else. Yeah, LSU, uh, I believe they have a good product. Yeah, yeah. They got Let's Walter see. Peterson down there. You got Florida State. We got, we got a couple of good, good receivers, man. It's just uh, it's our quarterback that's shaky right now. But you know, we never really had good quarterbacks anyway. I mean, we had one maybe, but um. But you know, uh, quarterback is just not our thing. But we 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 got the talent. We're gonna be all right. I mean, shit. You get you look at last year. We our whole team was mostly just freaking former high school students just the year before, and we still managed to you know saying win the number of games we have and stay ranked. So I think now with a little experience under their belt, we're gonna be all right. We're gonna we're gonna surprise a lot of people that think that we've uh, we have a rebuilding year again. Okay. We'll see. And. Um... I just, I mean, when I when I look at LSU's schedule, I mean, I do think that it's going to be pretty favorable for them to make a run at the SEC West. But uh, all right, yeah, Florida State at Clemson on November the seventh. So, uh, you know, the ACC division and overall titles could be on the line for that one. Alabama goes to Georgia October third. That's going to be a tough one for Alabama to go into, but. Uh, 
I mean, you know, Alabama is Alabama. Let's see, Michigan, Ohio yeah, State, November twenty-first, and yeah, and Oregon at Michigan State on September the twelfth. That's going to be a pretty nice little cross-country matchup, uh, right there. Oregon and Michigan State uh, look like that would be pretty nice. Of course, Alabama and Auburn, November twenty-eighth. Thanksgiving weekend is going to be awesome. Um, Alabama oh, yeah. and Auburn, November twenty-eighth, uh, and Auburn, you know. Alabama really wants to try to make everybody forget what happened. What what was that? 2013 when they had that 109 yard field goal return. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so, 2013. Yeah. However, on Good Friday, let me check. Let me check my calendar to make sure that's the best. That's, like I said, that weekend is awesome. Yeah, Good Friday, Baylor at TCU. To me, that's the game I want to see again. Because last year, you know, it was 61 to 58. And, uh, you know, that, and ironically, I mean, that had a huge effect on the, the playoffs, even though well, neither one of them made it. But uh, Baylor at TCU is going to have a different meaning this year after what happened last year. So I really look forward to that game to see how uh, that turns out. I've never been interested really in Baylor football before last year. Even when RG3 was there, I watched the highlights, but that was about it. But um, I, I think that's quarterback. Uh, if Baylor, they did, I'm not aware. Baylor? Yeah. Yeah, Bryce Yeah, he went to the Jets. My boy, I remember talking to him about that. He's uh-huh. he's with the Jets. Well, so that's going to be tough on them because they, they lost the receiver also, I think. Okay. We'll see how that goes. But, I mean, going into the, the season – um, as far as coaches, you know, Jim Harbaugh now at Michigan. We'll see if him and Urban Meyer can take Michigan-Ohio State back to the days of Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler. Uh, Gary Patterson is doing his thing down at TCU. Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. Um, if Bob Stoops gets another 8-5, and 7-4 and four record, do y'all think that um, 17 years is going to be it for him, that they're going to get rid of him? No, because he's okay. one of the highest paid coaches, and he's going to be owed a lot of money. And I know that you don't mean a whole lot in college football, but I don't think who are they going to bring in better or that yeah. they feel can do more. So, no, nah, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, it's been there 17 years already. That's quick. And uh, all right, let's see. Steve Sarkeesian's done had – Back-to-back nine and four seasons at USC. Dabo Sweeney's racked up double-digit wins in the last four seasons up in Clemson. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's been doing a good job at Florida State, man. It's almost like a – what was my man's name? Bobby uh, – Bobby – I forgot his last name. Bobby Bowden. Yeah, Bobby Bowden. It's almost like uh, he hadn't been there in 20 years. You know, I think that Jimbo's done a good job. Uh, Gus Malzahn, <laughs> Gus Malzahn um, at Auburn uh, has has done a good job taking over there. Brian Kelly has Notre Dame. You know, people are talking about Notre Dame again. Art Browse at Baylor got a scandal that's kind of going on there about some recruit. I don't think he actually played that they brought in and 
they knew bad things about him or somebody knew bad things about him, but he still came in and uh, I think he raped a soccer player or something. And now there's like there's some kind of cover up or something going on. I, I don't know, but I don't know the yeah, details. Yeah, he was the but... coach at Boise State, I believe it was. Okay. And uh, but uh, anybody know who you think is going to start at Ohio State? Are we talking about uh, JT Barrett or uh, I mean, who you think is going to start? I think JT Barrett is going to start. Yeah, I think so too. If he didn't beat him out last year, I ain't going to beat him out this year. Now, Cardinal right. Jones will go high in the draft because you know he, you know, big and tall and all this other kind of stuff, but. You know, I think Barrett will be the one to start. They both will probably see the field at some point. You know, you know Ohio State run over some people. They're going to be yeah. sure Cardio Jones get out there and get show his stuff as well. So, you know, when they get ready to go into, you know, the bowl game, so they'll be, you know, everybody be battle-tested. So, yeah. And, and ready. So that's a good problem for them to have. You know, Braxton Miller, really, none of them would have outplayed Braxton Miller because he was the, the conference player of the year and all that kind of stuff before he got hurt. So, you know, he just did that for the NFL, which was a smart move because, you know, Cardinal Jones going to go higher than he of anyway because he got that side. All right. So, um, Nick Chubb. You know, Georgia running back to me is like he looks like the second coming of Herschel Walker. I mean, this dude looks like he's something else. So we'll see what he does. Uh, was Derrick Henry the guy you talking about earlier? Right? Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, he's a big dude. So, yeah. uh, oh, one of the best names in, in, in college football, Scooby Wright. The linebacker in Arizona. Y'all keep y'all keep that name on your list. Scooby Wright. Um, that dude plays middle linebacker. He had 163 tackles last year, 14 sacks. You know, so he's gonna be someone to keep an eye on. Now LSU's running back. What's his name? Uh, Fournette. I yeah, think. Yeah, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, yeah, Leonard Fournette. Um, and he returns kicks and everything. Doesn't he? And he's like 200, 240 pounds or something. My nickname for him is Walter Peterson. Oh, he got ready to be recruited, boy. He act like he was all world. He was Michael Jordan. He was, you know, Barry Bonds. He was Bo Jackson, all rolled up in the one. All these hmm. folks around the table and everything. Where are you going? Grabbing hats and shit. I okay. Oh, Walter Peterson. Let's watch that. <laughs> All right. Well, man, I'm, I'm starting to get hyped for college football. We'll definitely have some more college football news as the season approaches. Thank you. And uh, I'm interested in Mississippi State and USM. Let's see how that goes oh. to kick the season off. But all right, let's get into some who am I, who am I and I'll shut this thing down. And uh, here's the first one. I am a five foot eight, two hundred pound running back. Born 35 years ago and today, drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles in the third round in 2002. Brian Westbrook? Wow, yeah. Yep, Brian Collins Westbrook. All right, here's a tough one. I am a 6'4", 220-pound quarterback. 
born 43 years ago, played my college ball at UCLA, and the Denver Broncos took me in the first round in 1992. I wore number eight. Who am I? Snake. Uh, I can't tell you what his name is. Nope. Huh? Nope. Jake Plummer played at Arizona State. He played at Arizona State. Yeah, Jake Plummer did. He played the last five years of his career with the Steelers. 2001 to 2005. Tommy Tommy Maddox. Thomas Alfred Maddox. All right. I am a six foot three, two hundred and twenty pound running back, born fifty four years ago, drafted in Eric the first Dickerson? round. Eric Demetric Dickerson. He got that fast. Damn Last one. I am a six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pound quarterback, born sixty six years ago in Shreveport, Louisiana. Drafted in the first round of the 1970 draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. Terry Paxton Bradshaw. All right. That's all I got, fellas. Anybody got something real quick? Turner Gill. What about him? Why hadn't he got another chance, or where is he? Who? Who? Turner Gill. Buffalo coach, Turner Gill. Oh, Yeah, well, that wouldn't have been a good job for him. He he 
he should have really thought about it and just contemplated. And I think that by him making the fuss out of that and then Charles Barkley, of course, getting in the media and starting it and then making a big deal out of it, made him, sent him down to the pits because such a good coach should have got a chance at least a decent school. And he did at one point when they, they let him go to Kansas. But who the hell is Kansas? Kansas has never been shit, you know, in football. Come on. Kansas is like Harvard. Put their ass. <laughs> it's better than Liberty.
go play in her murals, brother. But they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? 